This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We're excited to have our next guest uh, on the show and excited for him and for our reading. The show is a success. 100th episode. What a milestone, right? Love this show yeah. and uh, many, many more years, hopefully, because it's uh, it's appointment television yeah. for all of us. And like I said, it's a it, it's a love letter to this area and to the era that I grew up in. And yeah. What what can you know? What is not to love about that? The Goldbergs 100th episode tonight, eight o'clock on ABC. Please welcome the creator, the one and only Mr. Adam Goldberg. Yeah. To the show, Adam. Good morning. I, lo- I love listening to that uh, the the local um, traffic. Back. <laughs> does it bring you back? <laughs> it, it does. Well, my dad, it... uh, eating breakfast and my dad screaming at the uh, radio. <laughs> eating. Yeah, we should we should have brought up a uh, made up a, a fake accident at you know Township Line in in Jenkintown. Right, right, right. Old York Road, like yeah. yeah, an old York yeah. Road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I have to tell you, we, we're going to gush a little bit, Adam, and, and we can't thank you enough for coming on because we do love the show, and and so much about it captures what was so cool and so right about growing up in that time. But where other shows might have gone down, the we're just going to keep playing off the time period and so on and so forth. The show in and of itself is just hilariously written. The cast is great. It does. It's something that's part of it, but not the whole, um, you know, uh, gist of it. And that's, that's a testament to you and to the creative people behind the show that it, it could stand on its own outside of that time period, but uh, it, it, it works all the way around. Thank you. Uh, that's really nice. I, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I think the truth though is that, I didn't realize when I made the show how kind of uh, the nostalgia for people is so real and so raw just by showing a toy even or a poster on a wall, people freak out Mm -hmm. uh, and and really remember things in a great way. So I I had no idea. I mean, for me, it was just a a family show that happened to be in the 80s. And that was just like that was just window dressing or the cherry on top of everything. But people really will pause the show and look in the background at all of the oh, yeah. furniture. It's, oh, it's in, Easter like, egg. Yeah, Easter egg heavy and, well, and all sorts of whether, you know, by design or, or just a happenstance. There's so many moments in it, but you capture, I think, you know, the, the 70s and 80s, uh, latter 70s and 80s started to yield a, a, a culture, a, a, a generation where pop culture had a magnified significance. And and uh, and so I will sit there and I I smile at things that I see them, you know, talking about. And so much of what you reference on the Goldbergs is part of the core of what we talk about mm-hmm. on the show constantly. The Revenge of the Nerds episode. Holy hell. That was just I mean, we, we constantly reference the movie. The fact that you guys slavishly recreated the, the concert sequence uh, in the show was just brilliant. I, 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 so you're saying it had to be a bit of a shock to you that people would respond this way, but I, I, I believe we were just waiting for a show like this to to hold this up and and celebrate it. That's that, that's awesome to hear. That event, we just I think we just aired that Revenge of the Nerds one, and when I pitched that to the writers, they were like, "There's no way we could ever make it believable that." <laughs> We could do that whole Revenge of the Nerds song. I mean, where, not to mention the fact, no one even really noticed, like, where does that stage come from? Yeah. How do they get all those costumes? How do they write a song so quickly? <laughs> but 
people just buy it yeah. uh, because they want to just believe that that's... <laughs> <laughs> they, they just want to see those things on the show too. Well, you, 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 it sits comfortably in that realm of it. it it's an actual, you know, it's a family, it's your family, it's the whole deal. But it, it does take those flights of fancy that '80s movies like that would take. So, it, in context, it it does work. You know, from every little aspect of it, you've done Revenge of the Nerds, the Double Dare uh, nod, which mm-hmm. Preston and I were uh, honored to do a. a a celebration of Mark Summers just a, a, a couple of Fridays ago. He did uh, the Rush uh, tribute, Weird um, Science, yeah. Tron, the, mm. the the two Batmans, uh, you know, Adam West versus the Michael Keaton. Mm. All of those references resonate, and I believe tonight's episode has a Star Trek versus Star Wars uh, B plot to it. Correct? Yes, Steph. I mean that's something that I wanted to do since the first episode. Um, yeah, it's just about. Uh, I mean, it's it's actually true. Back back then, if you loved movies or you you were a geek, loved comic books, there was no like internet to go right. You know, find people that had your interest. You just had to get lucky, and someone in your kind of small world uh, of Jenkintown had to you had to find somebody. So, uh, I actually had a girlfriend who. I discovered was a Trekkie, and I love Star Wars, and that became a, a, a legit issue between us. Because um, she made me sit there and watch these, you know, some of these movies and these these TV shows, and I didn't want to. Um, so that look, that's the kind of hard hitting stuff we tackle on. <laughs> but you, but in listen, when you, it, it is very important. It was this important. stuff was incredibly important. Yes, and the fact that you acknowledge it, and everyone does it through, you know, through a slight grin when they talk about it. But yeah, these these can be make or break issues, and uh, I don't know. It, you know, you, you look back at it nostalgically. Did you ever think? I mean, because it seems obviously so much of this is predicated on your actual life experience that sure. that you could be plucking out so much. Look, what kills me is that when you reference something, I'll, I'll turn to my wife and I say, "There's no way he has a corresponding video to this," mm-hmm. and then sure as hell. There's a video that you actually took as a child that actually speaks to that episode. How much video have you gone through and how much do you have left? I have a ton left. I mean, the, the truth, I mean, look, I every day was making movies and and, and re- filming my family. Every day when I would be making a movie, my dad would come in and, you know, start screaming at me to get ready for school or... Right. So it, there's just, you know, I have hundreds of tapes and, and some of them I haven't even really had the time to go through yet. Um, but it is surreal. Like I will just come up with a, a really either a funny moment from my childhood that'll pop into my head, or something dramatic. There's one where Adam gets lost in Vet, uh, vet Stadium at, at a Phillies game. They just played it in and on the syndication uh, yeah, uh, cycle. That's, yeah, that's one of my favorites because I like. I that was a totally true story. Um, you know, I my dad didn't want to get up. Uh, he sent me to the bathroom. That was a terrifying experience. Peeing in a, in a trough next to hundreds of other people. <laughs> You're pee shy. Yes, yeah, so am I. I got pee shy. I just stood there. I, I didn't go. <laughs> and then I got turned around and I couldn't find the seat. And I had to wait till every car left the, the stadium to to find my dad. Same um, same and, rule though. Same rule. Wait wait you know wait go by the car. Go wait by the car. And, and you forget how like without a cell phone you're like helpless. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that final hug between them, I, you know, I remember thinking my dad is going to be so pissed, and he just was so freaked out. He just 
gave me the hugest hug, like almost broke my back. He was so happy that I was okay. And yeah. just seeing that, like ed- editing that over and over that moment and, and the actors getting it perfect and discussing it with them and how important it was, you know, one of the only hugs I really remember my dad gave me. Like that's, well, seeing that on the TV show is really emotional. And, it, and how could surreal. it not be? And what a love letter to your dad. I had a similar experience. It was at the beach I got lost, and I remember I was just talking about it on the air a couple of weeks ago, and, and I went to the to the lifeguard, and they used the, the loudspeaker, and I'm scared crapless, and then I see my dad looking like David Hasselhoff running in slow motion. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but Jeff Garland, by the way, pulls that off the, the Murray thing, you okay. know, where he, he's, he's constantly caustic, but you know there's a, there's a heart there. And that scene beautifully illustrated it. Yeah. So that's just those moments. I mean, beyond all the 80s stuff, uh, you know, I I didn't I just thought initially when I made the show, like I was just going to show everyone how nuts my family was. But I didn't realize like everyone, especially maybe it's a Philly thing, but people had parents like that or, or brothers who, you know, my, my brother was obsessed with the Eagles and wanted to be a whatever. He wanted to be a star of some sort, he knew. Um, and, you know, my grandfather was just like, uh, you know, he, he had a place in downtown Philly across from the art museum and wore these suits and went out with all kinds of ladies in his little complex. And, you know, my dad was a underpants, you know, to, the tidy whities yeah. the old school, like dropping his pants at the door. When he got the minute he got home, uh, and of course my mom, you know, over smothering me and storming down to school every day to scream. By the way, your mom is a great follow on Twitter. Uh, I just actually tweeted at her, uh, Adam. You and you and I are contemporaries. I um, am forty two years old. Uh, you know, just a few months older than than you are. And um, and so a lot of the, these things that, that you write about uh, totally strike a chord with me. Listen, you and I shouldn't have been watching movies like Revenge of the Nerds when we were, you know, and, and I struggle with that now as, as I have children. I'm like, oh, is this appropriate? And then I think, no. I watched I watched this, you know, at home. I, I went and saw Rambo First Blood Part 2 in the movie theater. I was 11 years old, uh, you know, just all sorts of stuff. And I just think it's so neat that, um, that you get to write about this stuff. And then you also have, like... Uh, you know, the opportunity to write for things like Voltron Force, you know, which, you know, if you're you're I love Voltron as a kid. I actually over the weekend went back and watched on um, I believe it was on Netflix old He-Man episodes because I'm like, you know what? I haven't watched He-Man in 30 years. Let me. And by the way, it's terrible. Right? <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> and great. <laughs> a lot of these things don't hold up. Now. Yep. Um, but yeah, something about back then, like I had one memory. I'd made an episode about this. Ultimately, but my, I was supposed to go see the Great Mouse Detective, which was just a like a you know random Disney movie. And I clearly I, remember it. Yes, and, and Barry took me to the theater, and he's like, "We're, we're not seeing that. We're going to go see this other movie." <laughs> and he, we saw Aliens, and I was like in third grade, <laughs> and I was so scared, I, I threw up in the theater. Same <laughs> thing happened to me. I didn't throw up, but my like, uncle took me, and I had no yeah. idea what that movie was about. It, it scarred me. It, it, I was like traumatized. I, yeah. I ended up watching it like at the back of the theater, like with the door open, like peeking in. Mm-hmm. I remember. And my t- mom didn't even care what I told her. She was like, "Yeah, it's fine. You'll be fine." <laughs> um, I, so here's 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 the story, Adam. When I was a kid, so I'm a, I'm a, a bit older, but I, I I know this area and this time frame very well. We, my dad would take us to see everything. We went to see Deliverance. I was like five, six years old. 
And, and you know, their parents looking at us like, what the hell is this? And we're in the theater, and I, I didn't know what was going on. And I came out, and I, and I said to my, to my dad, can we get a canoe? I told you guys the other day, I was in eighth grade, and my mom took me to see Porky's. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I asked to go see it, but she t- I sit in a different part, I never sat in a different part of the theater. But Yeah, it's a heavy movie. <laughs> Adam, I want to ask you about uh, mixing sentimentality with, with silliness on the show. There was a line in one of the uh, syndication episodes, and I, I watched it last night, where um, George Segal has been exaggerating and lying uh, to you for forever, and you, you call him on it. And uh, Jeff Garland Murray says to him, uh, he wants you to love him as much as he loves you. And I thought that that line was so incredibly um, profound, the way that a grandfather loves a grandson. And it takes a while for a grandson to uh, reciprocate that love. Did, did you write that line? <clears throat> That's a good question. That, <laughs> the, the weird thing about these syndication episodes is people now are coming up to me all the time, like asking about. I think that was that episode was probably eighty episodes ago. Okay. Um, yeah. I believe um, when it comes to the serious stuff, I really spearhead generally that I'm in a room of comedy writers that fear anything serious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. No. Your your general rule is. Like as pack as much laughs at least every third line have a laugh at least yeah. um, if not every other line and all of those serious moments I will be in the room at the keyboard writing it there's uh, some other writers who are have more kind of dramatic taste as well and we'll be writing the, those moments and then you have the other half of the room just pitching genital jokes the whole time right. Uh, as we're doing that, and I go, guys, please, like, <laughs> this is a, like a father-son moment. Or yeah. Moment between, you know, Adam and his mom, like, let's, no jokes. And they just, they, it freaks them out. So, so I assume uh, it was either me or a, a couple other people who aren't afraid to have some uh, more serious moments play. Got it. If you're just joining us, Adam Goldberg is who we're speaking to. The 100th episode of the Goldbergs is on ABC. Uh, a while back, a few weeks ago, Adam, we had uh, Tim Meadows in our studio, uh, and obviously he's he's on the show. Does it come to any surprise to you at all that Tim did not realize until we brought it up to him that the Goldbergs takes place in Philadelphia? No. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's not a surprise. And, you know, I... And on top of it, he should know because I wrote a spinoff show for him that we shot. Uh, so he should know. <laughs> he didn't know. He didn't know. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was this the um, the, the same uh, spinoff that had Brian Kalen as well. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, right. we're friends with uh, Brian. Actually, we've had them both on the show a number of times. But but Brian, we have him you know frequently. He's phenomenal on the show. Uh, what 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 happened with the spinoff? It just didn't just didn't take. I mean, it's still. It's still out there. I mean, uh, Sheldon, which is a spinoff of Big Bang, did so well yeah. that I'm talking to ABC again um, about, like, you know, our ratings are, are – we're the number – behind Modern Family, we're the, the number two comedy on ABC. So, look, we're having those talks again. The thing about the spinoff, which is tough, is they already have the show. So yeah, and I, I think they probably there's probably an inherent fear of tampering with a, the, a very stellar, two very stellar supporting cast members, you know, and 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 extracting uh, them. But uh, you know, listen, if, if if it can work, certainly you know, uh, the more the merrier. There was a, there was a great sequence. I was telling Preston about this. I came in. I was I was howling. I'd seen it when it originally aired. Now all the syndication stuff is up. But it's this. <laughs> Beverly's trying. Your your mom is trying to get uh, Brian Kalen is uh, the the coach 
uh, and uh, Anna Gasteyer, who's wonderful, is one of you know the teachers at the school together. And she happens to just casually mention that she's from Florida and that she races. She used to race greyhounds. And and uh, Kalen, in all seriousness, turns to me and says, "You must be very fast." And I just <laughs> I was howling, laughing. But that that supporting cast down to every last member, even the the, the actress who plays. Uh, um, uh, uh, Lacey, uh, I mean, uh, um, Laney. Laney, excuse me. Uh, she, she you, you know, uh, she turned into a character that has much more nuance than you would have suspected. Is that, is that a, uh, that's gotta be a nightmare in a way to get people who synergize so well and, and are sort of quasi based on people you are plucking from your past. Oh, I mean, I would say like 90% of them are, are people from my past. So it's, it's really bizarre because some, some of them I, Especially the teachers. All the teachers on the show are real teachers. Some of them still wow. teach at the school I went to, which was Penn Charter. So, um, you know, the, Brian Callen plays Coach Meller, who anyone who went to that school in the last, I think he just retired after 40 years, you know, knows this guy and has a story about this guy. Uh, he was such a good teacher, and he was such a character. I mean, your teachers are characters, yeah. you know, like literally – um, just yesterday, I said, "How have we not done an episode about shop class in the '80s?" Yes. Um, and everyone had a teacher, <laughs> and, and like I'm not exaggerating, four people in the room said their teacher, their shop teachers were missing fingers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, and please tell me, Adam, that you'll make the little the Chinese throwing stars out of the uh, you know yeah. the mount- that's oh, okay. that was it. Yep. Flying stars is yep. why you went to metal shop. That was it. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> Hey, and by the they way, they're all stuck in the in ceiling. The ceiling. Yeah. Adam, uh, one of the characters in the JTP is a deadhead. Did you know that Jerry Garcia lost his finger in shop class? I, I, I'm sure my brother Barry knows that. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest deadhead ever. But uh, th- yeah, no, that's I did not. That's hilarious. That's nice. Amazing. Hey, so, who, who was it we had in the studio not too long ago who was saying they were a member of the Jenkintown Posse? Oh, it's like um, a listener or somebody. It was, it was a listener. Yeah, uh, I'll get his name. Hey, but, by the way, Adam, I'm just uh, your mom's. Uh, she's a, such a great follow on Twitter, and I'm just going through. I think, and can you concur? Uh, does she, are you her favorite? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's funny. I think my Barry was definitely my dad's favorite, mm-hmm. um, and and Barry likes to brag about that a lot. Um, you know, as for I would say probably yes. Uh, I'm the baby of the family, and uh, when you know my brothers were walking the set when we initially like the the set went up and the show was new, they above the bed there were three photos. Uh, this is true of yes. like. Of us, of the kids, and mine was in the middle, and it was twice as big as the other two. <laughs> and you did an episode about it, yeah. You did an episode about that. So my bro- so initially, like the set people didn't know, so they just had three <laughs> photos hanging. And I think this is what makes the show uh, interesting to people is that it's all real. So um, Barry turned to me and he said, "This is wrong. Your photo needs to be in the middle and twice as big." So we put that on the wall, and for two seasons, people kept. You know, on Facebook and Twitter saying, I like how Adam's photo was the biggest. <laughs> well, that was totally true. Yeah. Um, and we ended up do eventually, I was like, let's do a whole episode about this because it still pisses off Barry. <laughs> oh, and, and <laughs> the first time we had you on, uh, Adam, we were talking about that picture, which is the uh, the, the, the almost thigh-high white socks and the uh, yes. the portrait studio shot, which is... And I would I was telling people that they needed to actually see the original photo because it's exactly that, if not worse. Yep. Uh, yeah. So th- those little things, those little moments from your past are clearly what 
people are responding to because you can see how you you mentioned one thing about that and and people have nine different stories that correlate to it uh sure. which, which is great so let me ask you in the star wars versus a star trek battle did you uh did you ever come over to the star trek side or was is there is there peace made for a girl of course <laughs> for, yeah, a girl, for a girl of course girl. yes <laughs> exactly well, the guy's um, name the guy's name by the way adam was brian b-r-y-a-n said he grew up with you uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, I love the, all the JTP. I mean, first of all, it's so weird when you're like, especially when I was in Philly, just walking down the street, people like screaming JTP at me <laughs> made me so happy. Aww. And um, and my favorite part of the JTP is like I initially asked a couple guys and one guy said, no, Matt Bradley. And he was like, no, nah, you know, my kids watch the show and I don't want them to, you know, be embarrassing. And then... About I saw him about six months later when I was visiting, and he was like, "It was the biggest mistake of my life." Yeah. <laughs> put me in. So, uh, so we did an episode adding mm-hmm. him into the JTP. So Matt Bradley is the deadhead, uh-huh. um, and that's how we get all the dead references on the show. Um, oh, and, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, and so all those guys are real, and I love I love that they watch every week and they post. I mean, Johnny Atkins is a side character. He was the kid with the ponytail that. <laughs> Carried around a sax, trying to hit on girls with it. Yeah, uh, that was an '80s thing. Like the guy in Lost Boys had a saxophone, or of course, Saint Elmo's Fire. Like these are all just very specific things, which like you kind of knew these people back then. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, yeah, it's it's a it's it's bizarre. And then the, that guy John John Atkins dressed as his TV self <laughs> for Halloween. That's great. Um, so it's surreal all around, people dressing as their TV counterparts for Halloween. Wow. We have to ask you, how cool was it to get uh, Ian Michael Smith for the uh, the Weird Science yeah. episode? Yeah. I, I mean, to bring the, some people out of retirement or to, I mean, you know, uh, yesterday I was emailing. It's like, oh, I had a stick song on the show, and now Dennis is emailing me. Like, all of those mo- things to meet your heroes. Um, Peter Gabriel, you know, responded like it, that's been so cool. We um, we we find um, those people like um, like Billy Zapka and those. Uh, yeah. We find those people to be the coolest interviews, the most fun. Yeah, yep. you'll you'll we'll get the major major uh, stars, but the uh, those are the people that we fanboy out for the most mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, uh, was it last season or two seasons ago? Was the uh, the snow day episode where you guys never got a snow day? <laughs> I, and I believe I believe KYW got a shout out. I don't know if there's any room for a WMMR <laughs> shout out, but we were definitely we've been around for fifty years. <laughs> I know, I know. I listened every day on the way to school. So nice. yeah. they're very cool. Well, wow. the, the the show is is phenomenal, and and uh, obviously uh, very glad to hear that it's doing so well for ABC. It, it deserves to do that. But I mean, it's 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 a it, it is literally appointment television, one of the few shows that I will make sure I watch in its time slot, yeah. you know, uh, but uh, we we all love it. Yeah. And when you have episode ideas, they ordered uh, ep- seasons five and six. It's 50 more episodes. <laughs> so, you know, you have my email. We will do that. And listen, Adam, if, if you do have to be, if, if you happen to be swinging through town and you got a few minutes, please uh, come by for an in-studio visit. We'd love to have Absolutely. you here. Absolutely. Excellent. Love that. We appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. All right, you got Thank it. You. Adam Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah. All right, he is, uh, I thought that was going to be the theme song. There, 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 there we go. Not the AT&T. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, that's disclaimer. the uh, You remember those later. 80s disclaimers? <laughs> yeah, they were so good. <laughs> Don't you wish, I wish that I had the talent to write because I've got enough stories 
uh, that I think would be a lot of fun. Given could put in the right hands to craft them, yeah, and to make them into yeah. a you know a show and and add the right sensibility and, and comedic timing and all that because there were enough. There were enough incidents. There were enough moments that were yes. like, oh, my God, can you believe we did Let that? Let me ask you, Preston. You know what I mean? Your, your trip to Daytona. Uh, oh, my I th- God. I think it would be a standalone movie. I was a uh, junior in high school and yeah. had no business going to Daytona Beach for spring break, but somehow talked my parents into letting me take a bus trip with a bunch of other people, and it was insane. It yeah. was crazy. I so, died. <laughs> is there is there a, an ending to that story other than you guys made it home and you lived? Uh... I don't know. We could make one up. I, I I know that I got so sick that I was trying to find a way to fly back home. <laughs> yeah. Because I had just drank so much and I was miserable by the end of it. But well, well, there, I'm sure there is somewhere. Uh, yes. You know, that's the ability is uh, for for somebody like Adam Goldberg to see, to also to see in those kernels the things that you just sort of cast off and say, yeah, it's a fun memory yeah. to say that that's probably something that resonates with so many other people. And that's yeah. why the, the show is great. But the... the um, uh, yeah, you know, you, 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 any sort of life like that, you, you, you probably can match that with nine or 10 other things that yeah. you did. There's so many, I, I look back and say, I should have been dead 30, 40 oh, times over. You, mm-hmm. At 17, I went to a travel agent and paid in cash to go to Mexico with three of my friends and came home and told my mom, I was like, yeah, by the way, we're going to Mexico. Yeah. She was like, you're 17. Like, can mm. you even travel without me? We paid in cash. It's too late, mom. I can't get That's the money exactly, back. I gotta go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Cash. Exactly. Yeah. But for Adam... The time is ripe for this. This is yeah. absolutely it. You know, the people that that grew up in that era are now the people that are spending money and matter to advertisers. And there's a it, this resonates with them. It's it's nostalgia. It's fun. It's cool. And it's just this is why the show does so well. And it's right here in our area, which yeah. is awesome. I wonder uh, how it does. You know, in this area compared to other cities, I'm, and, I'm and sure it probably culture. has a, a, maybe a tick up. But I mean, it's number two behind Modern Family, which says a lot. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, if you're not, if you haven't caught a lot of it, it's in syndication a lot now. So check it out. Hundredth episode on ABC. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Are you ready for love and ready to get engaged? Then visit Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of Eighth and Walnut by appointment only or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I have a couple different things that we could talk about here. You want to talk about Kathy or you want to talk about me? Well, um, you. Okay. I think uh, Kathy's had her time at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's your chance. Now it's your chance. Yeah. I had, I had a moment the other day. Um, so Casey well, is... set the mood. No, I no, walk no, no, into no. a bar. No, Casey is... Uh, <laughs> Casey's mentioned... <laughs> oh, my God. It's Preston stripping... And John Goodman's on his back. <laughs> <laughs> now, I had, um, Casey has mentioned this from time to time. You know the movie The Lord of the Rings, the first one that came out. Yes. Uh, I think it was the first one. Yeah, it yeah. It was, yeah. The Lord so of the Rings, the, this, uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. Yes. So there's a scene where Bilbo is, uh, is he hands the, the, the one ring, he gives it to, to uh, Frodo. Frodo's checking it out, mm-hmm. and... Um, Bilbo, for a moment, who's this most benevolent character. Totally wonderful, pleasant. Very paternal. Right. And uh, and he's looking at Frodo holding the ring, and he wants it back. Uh-huh. And then, out of nowhere, his face contorts, and he just rah, he's like, yeah, yeah. snarls at him. And it's terrifying. It really is. Like, it's this it one me quick out. little moment, and it's really, really scary. And you see the power of the ring. Right, exactly. 
I kind of had something like that happen to me the other day. You were to Vilma? me. Oh, it happened to you. I, no, I I'm the demon came out of me. You were Bilbo. Yeah. And uh, who did you Bilbo at? My daughter. Oh my oh. god! I know the thing. The most I love innocuous, more, wonderful thing in the world. The thing I love more in the world. Is she crying? The most, more than anything in the world. Uh, yeah, she did. Oh man! I know. That's I know. why. But it was. I'm telling you, the voice that came out of my body did not even feel like me when wow. the moment I did it. It was so guttural. It was unbelievable. So let me give you the scenario. Okay, thank I'm you. I'm trying to think what a, a, a little angel like that could do. All right. So we have, we've had these uh, containers of socks sitting around for probably over a year. Uh. Mismatched socks. I mean, I'm talking like three uh, laundry baskets full of just mismatched socks oh that have sat around forever. I'm like, we're doing it. We're going through these socks. We're going to sort them out. We're going to get them done. We had already, my, my wife and I, or my, my son and I had already separated the colors like days earlier. Now we're just going to pair up all the white ones. And, and we, we did the black ones the other day, and then we'll do the color ones later. So the white ones are gigantic, you know, container full. So I just dump them out all the floor. I'm like, look, if all of us do this, we'll be done with it in no time. Yeah. One person is going to take all day. But if we all do this together, we'll do it. So we're doing it. We're sorting through. And... It takes maybe 45 minutes or something like that. And she said, I love you, Daddy. No, through the entire thing, (laughs) she's saying this, you know, I'm trying to help her to find pairs because it can be a little bit daunting. There's so many socks and there's so many different kinds. I'm like, we're going to throw away the ones that don't match. And through the whole thing, you know, every now and then she's like, I'm like, well, you got to do this. And then she's like, I don't want to do this. I don't like it. This is boring. I'm bored. And the whole time I'm being very, I know, I'm bored too. I don't like doing this either. I really don't want to do it. I know. Let's just keep going. We'll be done in no time. Come on, honey. This is good. Yeah, stick with me on this. So, And it's many times that she says the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we're getting... <laughs> We're getting getting near the end. And there's a funny part to this, too. All right. So we're getting near the end. And she she says it one more time. She's like, I I don't want to do this. And and I'm down on my hands and knees, already in the position of an animal. Yeah. I'm down on my hands. Like a hyena. Yeah, I'm down on my hands and knees. And I uh, and I'm you know I just want to get this over with as well. Yeah. <laughs> and without it just came up through me and I turn her and I and I go. I know I don't either. And I mean, <laughs> Steve, I can't even do it justice. I mean, I yelled as loud and as hard as I could. Oh my God. It had been bottling up. It had Apparently. been bottling, yeah, and, bottling and I was doing such a good job of suppressing it and holding it down and being, uh, being uh, you know, supportive and, and encouraging and all these things you're supposed so, to do. Let me, and then it came out. And you know what? It was such a nice day that I decided to open the windows. Oh, so everyone can hear it. And we have our new neighbors right yeah. next door. And the window is open, and I'm right next to the window. Oh, man. And I'm on all fours. Do they have kids? Yeah, they do. Oh, they get it. I know. Oh, my but God. That I, is but so funny. I was like, I think I, it felt like I was possessed. I don't really believe in, in that. No, that but you had something that came up. by demons, but whatever. Wow. Whatever it was, man, I just I lost so it. So let me present this scenario to lost you. Lost it. About 15, 20 years from now. 
you're going to come outside and she's going to be on the back of a motorcycle that Gary Lauer's riding. <laughs> <laughs> and she has his arms around his waist and you're going to say, no, no. And she'll look back and go, socks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Oh, but I you planted I, the seed. Like the second I said it, as it <clears throat> left my, it, it felt. It felt so bizarre. Did she start crying immediately? Um, no. It took her a second, yeah. and then I went back to whatever I was doing, and then I looked over, and she had her head buried on the couch and her arm, and I'm like, "Oh no!" Oh, how manipulative of of her to <sighs> cry like that just mm. to make you feel bad. No, she was upset. <laughs> I and, know. and Daddy, I, you're just like the mean man in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I took I, I took a couple of minutes, and then I went over and I comforted her, and I I'm gonna hit you if you don't sort the socks. <laughs> I know you're emotional right now, but I'm gonna kill you. But Casey, I know that you've you've had similar. We have moments. our moments. Well, I, the parade know. moment I think is one of my favorites uh, when you. But that <laughs> was that was stifled. That's through gritted teeth. Yeah, that was totally That's, stifled. Well, no, you were sur- you were surrounded by spectators, <laughs> right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and both happens to everybody. <laughs> so you're, you you have like a, a float that you guys had worked on. It was a plane. You guys, yeah. Oh, no, you, no, no, no. Yeah. It was uh, this is a one hand show. You did it for them. It was I did be it fun. for them. You know, we do a lot for our children, and when they can't do something as simple as pair socks together uh, for four, thirty minutes or forty five minutes or whatever, it gets frustrating. And yes, uh, especially with with your daughters, uh, you you tend to stifle your anger a little bit more, and then it, it, you know it boils to a head. Like it, you you get to a point, and I, I'm just here to tell you, Preston, it's okay. Well, okay. I know, I know, I know. But I, I, I had told her, you know, the thing was I told her several times. Yes, the man next door is abusing his children. <laughs> right. He screams so loudly. It sounded, have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? Uh, I, but the thing was I had said several times, I know, I don't want to either. I don't I want know, to be doing I this know. either, but we have to do it. Well, well now maybe she's thinking like, hey, Dad, let's not do this. You don't want I to do know, it. I know I don't want to do it either. It was... You think I want to be here with these goddamn socks in this goddamn house? I should be single right now. I should be banging hookers, but no. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> what was her response? Uh, it was it was shock. Like I physically, you know, pushed her or yeah, something yeah. like that. I think the, the 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 sheer force of the air coming out of my yeah. mouth probably <laughs> pushed her back a foot. Now, was your wife there? She was in another part of the house. You'd already dealt it? with her. She heard it. Yeah, I already dealt with her. No, she heard it later. I, I, I go, by the way, did you hear me yelling at Caroline? She's like, I heard you yell, but I didn't know what it was. And then I explained it, it to her. But it was, uh, I don't think I've ever quite had a feeling like it was something else controlling you. You know what? It's, oh it's always weird when, um, like, when you lose your, your stuff. Yes. And your your spouse doesn't, or when your spouse loses her stuff and you don't, and you feel weird, like wow, that was um, that was uncalled for. Right? Did yeah. that? Yeah, that was a totally uncalled for. You, there was probably a better way you could have said that or gone about that. And then you do, it that, and then you do it, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I usually take advantage of those moments, and I'm like, oh, what happened? Come here, mommy's your favorite, right? <laughs> oh, I totally play that. Up. Well, I had a moment. I totally, yeah. yeah. Look, moms. She's got some problems. No. You know I would never She's do not that. even really your mom. <laughs> we just call her that, and she's well, technically more your aunt. <laughs> we had a, a situation. It was a, it was a homework problem that we had had a couple of years ago, and and my son, you know, threw his school bag in the uh, into the kitchen area, and you know, started stomping off. And then I I had to reestablish the alpha yeah. in the house. And then my wife is like, "That was too much, and you scared your your daughters." I said, "Good." You know, I'm like this. Collateral this, this, damage. This was a message to everybody. Yeah. You know, I'm the boss around here. Yeah, no. Yeah. Some there are times where it's like, look, you gotta, 
<laughs> we have rules here. Yes. And we are going to follow these rules. And that's all there is to it. But is she okay dude, now? Oof. Oh, yeah. She She's was got fine. The therapist now. Listen, right after this, somebody said her stripper name's going to be Socks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> on the center stage. No, it was a daughter that made me realize how much a hug uh, helps yeah. a lot. Uh, when you've uh, when you when you have to calm things down a little bit, you become an animal. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was crazy. Did you did you lift a leg and pee on the couch? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I felt like I could have. I felt I felt totally barbaric, <laughs> spraying in the couch. Uh, well, all right. So Chuck is our assistant program director, and he uh, he feels way too much guilt for yelling, uh, yelling or disciplining his children. And uh, you know, I, I said, did your did your dad discipline you? Yes. Did it work? Did, did it work? I mean, do you, and I said, as, a, as an adult, do you ha- hold any ill will towards your parents for the way they discipline you? No. Okay. Well, there you go. That's Boom. all you need to know. Yeah, yeah but I think there's a, there's a difference between dis- disciplining your children and, uh, you know, reacting maybe <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Because there are situations where I'm like, okay, I could have handled that better. He didn't, you know, I, I didn't need to do that or I didn't need to say that. I could have done something a little <laughs> yeah, bit better. Yeah, yeah, they get underfoot. But leading up to that, I could have been, I, I could have been more like the first couple times. No, fine, whatever. No, I, I don't care if you're bored. We're doing this anyway. Yeah. You know, taking that tone. You order. went from zero to but, six. But the whole time was, I know, I know, Aww. I don't want to do this either. Just help me out, please. This will help out so much. And it did that over and over and over. And then, if I would have let it leak out a little yeah. bit yeah. more, yeah. I probably wouldn't have exploded like a shook up beer bottle. You know? That's a perfect description. God. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, anyway. Precious. All right, our next guest is on the line. He's ready to go. We've had him in our studio on a uh, number of occasions. And you play uh, crack shot. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Am I playing this? Yeah, the... why okay, not? Here we go. Skyrockets in flight. <laughs> Afternoon delight. Whoop. That's him on the boo. Yeah, <laughs> and the whoop. Uh, but he's going to be at Punchline coming up on Friday. Please welcome David Keckner to the show. Good morning to the show. How are you, David? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, is there an age limit uh, on the chainsaw? Uh, Wake n- up. No, uh, children, you know, and I think, honestly, we all have a fond memory of our, our first childhood chainsaw. <laughs> uh, you, you, would you agree, though, David, chainsaw, the most badass piece of equipment you can have in your suburban home? I would say, yeah, almost in any home. Yeah, in any home. Even a city home would be pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. what's, what follows that on the pecking order after chainsaw, though? Wow. No, they were talking non-gunpowder. Uh, yes. Yeah. Spewing. Right. Um, I'm a fan of the double-bladed axe. The double bl- <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to say hatchet just because. Hatchet, hatchet. yes. Good, too. Hatchet. I like it. Uh, hey, yeah. by the way, so I, I mentioned you're going to be a punchline, but you're not alone for this particular show, right? No, no, yeah. Superior Donuts, we're starting back up uh, in on Monday the 30th. And so we happen to have four stand-ups in our show, myself, Maz Jabrani, Rel Battle, and Jermaine Fowler. So CBS is putting us on tour. We've done shows in L.A. a bunch of times. Yeah. So they were like, would you guys like to go out and tour and promote the show? We're like, yes. It's a, it's a yeah. great it's a great idea because my my wife and I watch uh, uh, the uh, the show. Uh, it's the second season. Spirit Donuts love the first season. We had Judd Hirsch on before the show was coming on, and uh, he was raving about the the cast. And yeah, you have so many you know very competent stand up comedians. This is uh, sort of a no brainer, and it's great that CBS is behind it and, and pushing it. 
Yeah, it's really awesome, and everybody has their own style, so it's uh, a pretty pretty fun evening. You know, it's it's you, we're packing a lot in there. We've had we've uh, had uh, Maz in uh, before, and uh, I don't know if we've had. Um... The other Jermaine two, Durrell. yeah, Jermaine's basically the, uh, the 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 foil or the the, the star to uh, to Judd Hirsch, but it's it's it's, yeah. it's a great ensemble, you, and you all get solid time on the show. Um, so, but I assume when you're working that close together, the friendships develop. So this has to be kind of cool to do a little mini tour with people who are ostensibly your friends. It's really cool, and and you're right. Here's the thing: you never know what you're going to get with a cast. Yeah. Right, you could get one grumpy person or one, you know, person that's just a little too much to handle. But we are fortunate in that I can honestly say this whole cast is a delight. Yeah, we we actually enjoy each other's company. Uh, everyone is a stone cold pro. A lot of talent there, so it's we really we all just lucked out on this one. Did anyone uh, and they, like uh, Katie Segal or anybody else ask in, in, in the cast to just come along for the hell of it? Because you guys <laughs> do seem to you do seem to have a lot of fun. I don't think anyone does anything for the hell of it. <laughs> no one does anything for the hell of it. Hmm. No, no, unless it's charity work. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll but, tell you uh, what. Judd Hirsch was awesome. Um, you know, talking to him, and here's here's a guy who's had a number of uh, big successes, but he is so energetic and was so energetic about the show. Uh, he's got to be a blast to be around. He's amazing. He really is. I mean, you know, people throw away, uh, throw around the, you know, legend icon. Yeah. But what? Who else are you gonna call a legend and icon? I mean, Judd's been doing it forever. He's amazing. He's a great actor. He's got great stories. Uh, he's just a, a thrill to be around. So, so I remember we... seeing him on Broadway years ago in a play called Conversations with My Father, and it absolutely blew me away. Mm. And here I get to do a play with this guy every week. Well, a lot of people don't realize that the the the, the show is actually based on a play, uh, right? And and uh, has that that feel to it. So, and 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 the best shows, the best sitcoms like this, and I think CBS does this head and shoulders above a lot of them in in these old style. Um, uh, multi-camera shows that have that live sort of stage play presence. Uh, that set, that donut shop, has got to be the the best, most relaxed or relaxing set to be on. You're sitting all the time. You got donuts and coffee in front of you all the time. Is is that the best possible scenario or the worst with the calories? Well, you're right. It's the best. And it's the worst. I yeah. put on 15 pounds <laughs> last night. I'm like, yeah, there it is, 215. Hey, you did it. Is that what you wanted? Yeah. <laughs> where, you, where you had it? <laughs> you know, but you can. But you can. Are you? Have you overdosed on donuts at this point? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, Judge, Judge. Every, everybody, everybody this year is like, I'm not eating donuts. I'm not doing. I'm like, I'll have one a week. Judd was saying that the uh, that like half the donuts are what he called stunt donuts, and then the, yeah. there's some fresh ones. There's always fresh ones. Yeah, so yeah. You'll ask the prop person which one's fresh. Don't need a fake one. I, I have to ask with season two. Obviously, we season one. You know, under the belt. Where 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 do we see season two going? What happens? Well, they do a great job of infusing our show with with topical content that you know is inspired culturally um you know culturally topically and, and uh, in a lot of different ways so it, it can be a charged show a bit sometimes you know we deal with everything from from uh race to um police um interactions yeah uh yeah so it's it's really cool and it's not it, I, I like it's, i like our show does we don't make the decision for the audience yeah it's, it's not only preachy yeah no we introduce both sides 
and let the audience decide. You know, all the characters get to have their own moral win or whatever, but really we don't come down one side or the other and saying, yeah, we've, we've solved it, or we've given you the answer, which is pretty cool. We, we allow, we try to expose all the points of view, and so I think the audience feels like, oh, okay, I still, you know, I got to make my choice, and you're not preaching to me, but you may have brought up a different point of view that a person didn't think of before. Yeah, I, I, I immediately recoil and bristle when I start feeling a lecture coming on, and this, right. this show has your show has sort of deftly um, handled these issues because you know, <laughs> and every everyone gets theirs. Everyone has something that uh, you know for whatever their whatever their cause is. They have something they themselves want to wear. They were doing, and that that evens things out, which is cool. Yeah. Do you get to do any any suggest anything? Obviously, you come from a comedy writing background yourself as well. Do you uh, any input, or do they call upon this collection of very smart stand-ups to participate in that, or is it uh, hands off? Well, what we do is on on show night, and we tape Tuesday night, so we'll be taping tonight. Um, we'll we can do alternative lines, and so that's when we're open to you know you see what's working in the audience if you get a line that works and someone might think that I have one better, you pitch it to the writers and see what they think. And then you get a chance to get in there. Uh, but you know, for the first 13 plus, it's really, they're still figuring things out. Uh, you're, you're trying to, you know, solidify these characters and find which way they go. Plus the other tough part is, you know, we only got what, 22 minutes. Yeah. So if you, if you add a line, somebody else loses one. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's literally down to that. So, yeah. because you're, you're, you're at the end of the barrel. So, uh, but yeah, if you've got an alt line that they like and you think really could work, uh, they, they don't mind listening. All right. Uh, so you and uh, Jermaine and Maz and Rel going to be at uh, Punchline. You're just doing one show uh, right. on Friday. What What's the format of this going to be? You guys doing each individual act, or is it going to be a panel, or how's that going to work out? Oh no, yeah, we all each do twenty minutes. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, cool. so it'll be it'll be an hour and a half of the four of us. No, that's that's a that's a and, and I'm a big fan of of yours, obviously, as as well as uh, Maz. We've had on the show a number of times, as I said before. He's very funny. Uh, I have to bring up something because I think this is uh, part of the reason I immediately connected to your character on the show. Uh, you play a guy who kind of runs his his sort of makeshift office out of the donut shop, right? A- and uh, we we knew a guy years ago who basically was running his business out of a Panera, mm-hmm. like he oh, was. Wow. Yeah, we would go in every day. You know, to get lunch, and he was there conducting business meetings in the Panera. That was early on when Wi-Fi started becoming yeah, available yeah, yeah. at places, but, ah, but that's where he would do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope you ordered sandwiches. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> They're really, yeah. Very I so. he probably was interviewing people. Yeah, well, he was doing everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you stop and think about it, in an ultimate scenario, you could, you know, that's it's the best coffee machine you could have if you were yeah. set up in a, in a, in a Panera. We we have to ask. In addition to doing this series, obviously, we love the movie work as well. And uh, what's what's coming up in the future, movie wise? Movie wise, gosh, I did a bunch of little ones this year, and I don't know which one's coming out first. I know there's an animated feature called Gnome Alone, and I believe it's coming out in February. Gnome Alone is that a riff on Home Alone? Yeah, but they're gnomes. Um, it's an animated thing. Uh, but I, I did a, a bunch of TV this year. And so I, I Stand Against Evil on IFC. With Love my it. My buddy Dana, Dana Gould. You know Dana. It's a great show. He, yeah, great it's, show. yeah, it's, yeah, it's hilarious. It's like, uh, it's, uh, like the Evil Dead. Um, yeah. we've had a number of people on from the show and, and Dana's just brilliant. I love Dana. Mm-hmm. It makes me, I, my hardest I've uh, laughed in a week this year. I went to Atlanta. They were shooting 
and man, we just had a blast hanging out, shooting that thing, and just laughing. So that's that's my next different thing that I've got coming up. And I just shot a uh, anthology series with Bobcat Goldthwait <laughs> in Atlanta, of course, again called Misfits and Monsters. I don't know. I think it debuts in the spring as well, but that was a lot of fun. Very cool. He did a uh, like a, a found footage movie that was basically a, a Sasquatch horror movie that I thought was was really well done. Did you see that thing? I haven't seen it, but we were talking about it. He gets a kick out of that. Yeah, no, it's it, it's good stuff. Well, cool. Well, this is uh, yeah. cool for a one-off yeah. show. You guys coming to town and uh, some 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 top comedians all in support of the show. I think it's a great idea. Yep. I love it. Right on. Hey, guys, always a pleasure. Good to have you on, David. Have fun when you're here in Philly, and we'll catch you next time, all right? Outstanding. And congrats for last night. Oh, oh, thanks, thank man. David Kegner, guys, Yay! punchline. We're going to take one more quick break, come back in a second, and get some bizarre file stories. Make sure you stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We have from the band Fozzie, and we just spoke to him not too long ago. Now we have him in our studio, and let's give some love, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Jericho. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, Tim, there's a whole uh, studio audience here, a live studio audience. Yeah. yeah. This and is lot, great. And a lot of people were excited uh, and, and came in here very specifically just to say hi and, and see this interview in person. Well, it's great, and thanks for having me on. You must be like, uh, first I'm on the phone, then I'm here in person. <laughs> I appreciate uh, all the Jericho love. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. Coming over to the house next. Yeah, I got, I got an app next week. There's a hologram. Yeah, right. tour. There's the, the Jericho hologram and the Dio hologram are going on tour next month. Hey, you got to milk all the milk out of that Everywhere you yeah. can. Squeeze the crap out of every drop. Every teat. Let Absolutely. Me, let me tell you first how impressed I am with the album. I took it home the other day. I listened to it on the way home. And wasn't sure what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have heard, I had heard Judas because we've been playing it, and and I definitely like the song. And what did I come back and tell you guys? It's solid. This I is said, real deal. My word was, it's legit. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, you know, you have people who have a name from another uh, another entertainment industry or sports mm-hmm. industry, and then they want to open the door and head down another path and try something out for a little bit. And most of the times, that doesn't work. Um, so I was uh, pleasantly surprised when I listened to it. I'm like, okay, this is this is straight up. It's the real deal. Well, it's cool. This is our seventh record that comes out next Friday, and we're almost like a 17 year overnight sensation at this point, <laughs> yeah. which which is good because I it think good. over the years, slowly but surely, people have come to realize that, like you said, this is legit. This is the real deal. Mm-hmm. If if it wasn't, uh, I wouldn't be doing this. Um, I think every band has some kind of a gimmick when they start, whether it's Slipknot wears masks or yeah. Kiss has makeup or all these different things. Bottom line is, either it's good music or it's not. And it doesn't matter who's in the band or what the story is. Yeah. Either it's good or it's bad. And after all these years, people are finally going, holy smokes, Fozzie is legit. Well, you know, and I remember seeing something with Alice Cooper who had, who was saying, you know, I, I, all these guys approach me. And they say, oh, we got this. Uh, this is, our, this is our, our stage appeal. And this is what we have. And this is our gimmick and so forth. And he's like, yeah. But where are the songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The because if you story, don't yeah. have the songs, it doesn't matter. Well, exactly. Who, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. The music's got to back it up. Mm-hmm. And so you guys have written some songs that are starting to resonate. Well, we, you know? we've had some, some successful songs in the past of the last couple of records. But this is a whole different thing. You're talking about Judas and just all across America with all the radio, rock radio stations like yourself are really embracing this song. And after five months, it's, it's the biggest it's ever been this week as we speak right now. And to me, that shows there's a real big grass uh, roots movement the same way that Metallica built or Iron Maiden built it wasn't they weren't radio bands 
bands at first. Mm-hmm. They grew into radio bands. And then suddenly, like you said, when everybody kind of uh, jumps in and uh, figures out what's going on, suddenly you have this fan base that we've had for yeah. years. Now it's growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost like I talked to Taylor Momsen about this uh, for the Pretty Reckless. And she was like, well, when I first started, people thought I'd be standing on stage in a elf costume, <laughs> you know, uh, singing songs from Grinch that sold Christmas. And I think people thought that about Fozzie, too. They would be singing songs about body slams and, you know, turnbuckles and stuff. And it's two completely different things. It yeah. takes some people a little bit to get past that because Taylor Thompson specifically, um, you know, when we when we play Pretty Reckless, I still every now and then will see texts and like, she's just an actress and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... Have you listened to the music and put that out of your mind? I said the people that don't like Fozzie are the ones that have never heard our band. They make a judgment just because I'm in the band. I think sometimes we have to work twice as hard to get people's respect because of that. We don't mind. When I was 13 years old, I decided I wanted to be in a rock band and I wanted to be a wrestler. And people laughed me out of the building. I remember I went to church and told people that people laughed me out of the church. Here I am all these years later doing both. I really don't care if people have a judgment about what I do or what I don't do. All I know is that this is good, and I know that people are embracing it and enjoying it, and it's growing, and that's all that matters. Well, cool. you know, it's it's funny because, well, and, and you look like uh, with the the elf thing and everything, she was she acted in a few movies when she was a kid. Right. You know, and, and uh, so getting past that, but I think more and more over the past couple of years, you've had people who've transitioned into from acting or whatever, and get legit credit. I mean, Jared Leto. That's uh, a great yeah. example. That's a perfect the guy, example. The guy won an Oscar yeah. and then sold out the Hollywood Bowl in the same week. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, they, And you can do that. You can do both. Yes. Sometimes people have an issue. Um, if you, I talked to Rob Zombie about this when he started directing movies. Like People get mad at me because I direct movies because I'm supposed to be Rob Zombie, the, the, the rock guy. Right. If you have a passion and a desire and a talent to do more than one thing, especially in this day and age, it's okay. And if people don't have, a, have an issue with that... Paul Stanley said in this documentary that I watched, I probably told you guys this you did, yeah. about the book. The only people that tell you you can't do something are the ones that have failed. I'm not going to tell you you can't do it because I did it. You can do it. And when Paul said that, I embraced that concept and went for it wholeheartedly. And here we are right now talking about this stuff, and it's a great feeling. Well, I think in, in a way also you have the benefit of you You had another, You not I'm not going to say a safety net, but you had another thing running that allowed you to say to just be tenacious and that you're, okay, you don't dig it now. We're, we're going to keep doing it. We're not yeah. going to stop. And then, as you said, through attrition, people started to come on board. And this, as you described, Judas is the game changer. Well, and we've been touring since 2005. And this isn't like some um, funded by Jericho thing. We're a very self-contained band. We make yeah. money in all our tours because we know how to do it. And um, I think it was a smart move to keep them completely separate at all times. Was it hard? We, I, I'm sure you were probably hit hit up by different promoters and stuff like that trying to... We um to, to blend the uh, yeah th- there's the deals. A, there's a big festival in Germany called Wacken. It's like you mm-hmm. know it's it's like download in England or something, and they wouldn't invite Fozzie to play for years. Yeah, unless I wrestled. Oh, they have a little wrestling show in a tent, and <laughs> okay. I was like, dude, it's like it's like you said, it's like you're asking Alice Cooper, okay, well, you can play, but you have to run the Ferris wheel <laughs> in the concourse as well. You have to play golf. Yeah, and it's like I'm not yeah. gonna do this. And after yeah. about three or four years, they finally booked us on our own. And to me, that was a little bit of a victory because like you don't, we're, I'm not 
doing this. You know, yep. we don't have a wrestling ring and wear spandex and do, like I said, songs about body slams and, and turnbuckles the same way that, okay, uh, Bruce Dickinson is an airline pilot. Right. <laughs> Iron Maiden doesn't do songs about small bags of right. peanuts right. and sitting in the middle seat. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and conversely, when, when Bruce is flying a plane, I don't want him to sing uh, Run to the Hills. I want him to fly the damn plane and land it safely. Yes. Two completely separate things that you keep separate. Do you know it's funny when we, you know, obviously we bring, have people come in and we do our research and so on and so forth. And I'm like, it's you know, such a pleasure doing the music side, the Fozzie side of research. Because when you hop over into the wrestling, there are pages and pages and pages oh, yeah. of stats and, and, and battles and competitions. You you know, it's it's just a crazy amount of stuff that gets accrued. I, and I don't know anything about that. I've <laughs> yeah. never been a, a wrestling trivia guy. I know everything about rock and roll. I should be on Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Mark McGrath can suck it. I know. <laughs> really? Yeah. No kidding? All right. I've always been that type of guy. Uh, that, that sort of trivia and that sort of discussion. And that's what I love about being on tours. All it is is in the back of the bus after the show, just debating which Kiss album is, is the best <laughs> and which Iron Maiden album cover has the most detail behind it and all that sort of stuff. We're all just fans at heart which is the coolest thing true yeah what what i learned uh, i think it was this week it might have been last week is that the boston crab has been turned into a the the walls of jericho that was a finishing move of yours right for uh, like for... 17 years or okay, so yeah, okay yeah, yeah. so I, I always knew it as the boston crab did you see the mma guy who finished yeah. the fight with so it so funny i got so much uh, activity on social media some dude <laughs> actually won with the walls of jericho <laughs> what? in the octagon i don't know how he did it right i don't know how you can do that <laughs> if i was the guy who who got put in that how much of a loser do you feel like <laughs> there it is on your screen right now there it is yeah it's like come on dude like really <laughs> Like I like oh no no did you really uh-huh. see I guess it shows that it actually does work it never works for me but it works for that guy so theoretically it should it should work in the theoretically you yeah. can win an MMA fight with that I love how he's smiling oh, he's laughing because he can't believe he's actually working it's like, this is actually working I can't believe it I want to see somebody do a figure four leg lock and then but you it's know, funny I, though it's like you know they say there's no such thing as bad press as long as they spell your name right and all it was is like MMA guy does walls of Jericho MMA guy does walls of Jericho it's actually even funny. There's a, there's a picture that was on Good Morning America a couple weeks ago, <laughs> or actually last week when uh, they're talking about Twitter going from 140 characters yeah, to yeah. 280. And there's this picture from this thing I did where I had this big long list of like computer paper from like 15 years ago and it's like so uh, Twitter goes to 280 characters and it's a picture of me just standing there on Good Morning America with this big long thing <laughs> you, you're, long paper. So you're the picture dude. well that's funny yeah, that's yeah, hilarious yeah, exactly they won't have me on for an interview but at least I'll put my picture up but there it is you guys are on it man look at this me reading my new great. timeline filled with 280 character bad takes that's great <laughs> I love it I'm gonna ask this question for Casey Chris because uh, his nickname uh, used to be Fozzie in uh, high school I, or was that college? It was well. So I was always Little Foz. Yeah, your uh, brother. My was brother Fozzie. was, and then my Big mom Foz. was was Fozzie, and now my my dog's name is Fozzie. Over yeah. on the wall, there's a sticker that says Foz. I'm looking yeah, at it right yeah, now yeah, across yeah. the way. Did you guys so, do that just for me? Where that, <laughs> yeah. where that name come from? Well, we started this, um, like I said, we've been doing this for 17 years, and it started because, like I said, I always played in bands when I was growing up and continued to have bands. And like I, Aussie tribute bands, right? Well, just bands. Yeah, yeah. One was called Blackstone Menace, one was called Great Caesar's Ghost, one was called Scimitar. And then I met up with the guys that are in a band called Stuck Mojo, who were a pretty popular band in the 90s, and they had a, a cover band in Atlanta called Fozzie Osborne. And I got hurt in WCW uh, right towards the end of my time there before I went to WWE, and I wanted, like I said, to start a band. So Rich Ward, who's my partner in Fozzie, invited me to come down, and we played all these cover tunes. And as a result of uh, Rich and Chris, uh, Chris from WWE and Rich from Stuck Mojo being in this band together, we had a bidding war for an al- for a record, lay- record deal 
sight unseen and sound unheard just from the concept. And so we thought, well, we're called Fozzie Osborne. We shouldn't keep that name. Let's just drop the Osborne and stick with Fozzie. Now, kind of an interesting name for sure, but you think about the names like Def Leppard and Kiss and Metallica and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Black Eyed Peas. All those names as a standalone corn. Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah. it'd be like, okay, I have a band You're called right. Carrot. Yeah, I have yeah. a band called Hug with two G's. And I'll say this, uh, uh, my band is Sick Cougar. Um, but Fozzie is the easiest name in the world to chant. Yeah. And uh, every yeah. show, every single time we take a break in between songs, the crowd chants Fozzie. Yeah. And it's a great feeling because we tour with Metallica and Lars like, what's up with these guys chanting Fozzie between every song? How does that happen? It's like, well, you can't really chant Metallica. It's a hard song, a hard word. Metallica. 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 So Fozzie's perfect. Da, na, na, na. Yeah. So all I got to do is just look at my and point like, da, da, da. Fozzie, Fozzie. And it starts. So it turns out to be the best name in the world. That's great. I had some friends in middle school and they were in a cover band, a Def Leppard cover band called Blind Lion, which I always thought was pretty there good. There you go, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a, a story that I, I don't, I'm not familiar with, but our overnight guy, Brent Porsche, said is, is a good story, and it's about you leaving a cell phone behind in Afghanistan. You were, were, you were overseas doing um, some stuff for, for the troops, is that Yeah, right? we, we did three tours in a row of kind of uh, going over to Afghanistan. It was actually, it was actually Iraq okay. before it moved to Afghanistan. And we were, um, we would get sent, this wasn't like a USO Bob Hope Kid Rock thing where you just go to the army base and, and perform. We would go to the outskirts, to the outposts, and we went to this place called Tarmia, and when we landed, they set off smoke bombs to cover us because there was still possibility of insurgents, is what yeah. they called the Al-Qaeda's oh, in the geez. area. So we landed, and most of the time, you would get off the plane, and there'd be some guys, oh, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. This time, we got off, like, go, go, go. You're like, what? <laughs> we got bulletproof vests on. We got a helmet on. We're running through, like, this foggy area, and there's, like... Fires everywhere and dead animals. It's like something out of Full Metal Jacket. So we were out in the outskirts, like I said, and when we landed, the the chopper was uh, disabled, so we were stuck there. And it was a place where there had been a lot of sniper activity. So it was kind of a dangerous place. I remember the, the first guy, like I said, he's like, what are you doing here? Nobody comes out here. We're like, I don't know. <laughs> so we hung out with the guys and heard all the stories. And, like, these guys hadn't had a shower for 18 days. And that's when I was eating the MREs or meal, meals yeah. ready to yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah. It's like, do you want tuna or, 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 or chip beef? And they both taste like cardboard. So it's like <laughs> even the potato chips tasted bad. Yeah. And uh, finally, after 12 hours of being stuck there, we finally get, you guys got to get out of here right now. There's a, the, the chopper is fixed, and there's a windstorm coming, so you either got to get out now or you get caught in the windstorm. So um, we all got into the plane, and as we're getting ready to go, there's a guy running towards us yelling, hold on, hold on. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, I've had enough. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Don't listen to him. Let's go. Let's go. The guy's waving his arms. Hold on. They're like, no, we got to see what he wants. I'm like, forget that guy. <laughs> Stop him. Let's get out of here. We got to get out of here. We got to go door opens. I'm like, who cares? Let's go, let's go. The guy's like, oh, did someone leave their cell phone? I'm like, who left their cell phone? Stupid, who gives a shit? Who cares? <laughs> oh, it's my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oops. Thank you. <laughs> and then I get the helicopter ride of shame. I'm checking my texts. <laughs> When you're over there, though, and those guys, we, we, we do a lot of military stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, the stories and and if you ever for a second think you're a badass, no, no, no. Oh, no, yeah, I no, saw no, no. and heard some stuff that yeah. you can't repeat. But the thing that always uh, amazed me um, is just how uh, uh, thankful the soldiers were that we were there. Yeah, and also too how um, 
how uh, committed they were to being there. You know, you watch the TV sometimes. It's yeah. like they wanted to be there. They wanted to finish their duty. And even if it was 18 months, there was no complaining. Like, this is our job. This is what we're here to do. And we're going to take care of business. And I got a whole new respect for those guys and girls. And after the first time I went, because I was a little scared at first because you yeah. don't know what to expect. Right. I, I called my boss right away. And I was like, I want to go on the next one. And I want to go on the next one. And even with Fozzie, we do a lot of signings at Army bases. We just did one outside of uh, Nashville, Fort Campbell. And you get these lineups of people that come and they love Jericho, they love Fozzie, they love wrestling. That's great. They're just excited that you're there and it's a, it's a pretty cool feeling. So do you perform or do you are you just going over to Just visit? signings. And we did perform with WWE. We would do a show uh, every year called Tribute to the Troops in an undisclosed location uh, for the troops to come. We put on a show for them. So wrestling and, and rock and roll, you've got uh, both uh, both of these professions involve uh, touring, going around the country, yeah. visiting you know city to city, going in, doing some PR, all this stuff. Absolutely. They have that in common. But I would imagine with WWE, nice bus, great accommodations, huge big venue that you're going to be in every time. Rock, a little bit of a different story. Well, I would imagine you roll up in some places, you're like, wow, this is a really nice place for playing. And then other times, it's like, oh, dear God. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like that, you know, and first of all, WWE, there is no bus. We, you have, you're in charge of your own travel. Oh. Ah. You're renting your own cars. You're getting your own hotels. Okay. So with Fozzie, we do have the nice bus. And that's like, you ever just get on the bus and someone comes, like this morning, someone came and waked me up. Hey, Chris, it's time to get ready to go to the radio. I said, all right, here we go. Cool. Here you stand here, do this, read this, say this, <laughs> go on stage at this time. Um, and it, it's it, the difference is like okay, sure, there are certain times when you show up at Fozzie and it's, it's a dingy little club. Um, same thing with WWE. Sometimes we still show up and you're like in a in a uh, glorified community center. Like, what okay. are we doing here? Yeah. And then there's other times when you show up and like we played Sonic Boom the other day in, in Janesville, Wisconsin, which is a big festival, twenty thousand people. You okay. know, so you have the big shows and you have the small shows. But for me and for us and for Fozzie, ten or ten thousand. Every show to us is Madison Square Garden. I believe it. Every show is important because there's people who have been waiting for months to see us. Yeah. And that's the same with WWE. You don't punish people who, who came if there's a small crowd. You go out there and attack it and make sure the next time you come back, there's a big crowd. When you're going uh, club to club, things can become... That looks really cool. I don't even know what that's from right yeah, there. Yeah, we're looking at a, at a shot of you with Fozzie. You're, you're standing up on a monitor. That's from a festival from somewhere. That's a big show. Yeah, yeah. Sonic yeah. Boom. Okay, there Sonic you go. Boom, okay. You guys are um, on it, man. You know, when you, uh, when you go from club to club and you're doing this type of thing, and, and uh, actually any type of show, uh, anything can happen. I mean, you can have equipment malfunctions. You can have uh, yeah. some, something goes wrong and you got to pause and you got to... Sometimes you have to fill some time or that crowd can turn a little surly. Not if they're big fans of you, but anyhow... So is your time uh, being on the mic and doing what you did in, in the ring helped you out with being able to talk Absolutely. to the audience? Absolutely. And, okay. I, 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 when I first started wrestling when I was 19, I wanted to be the ultimate rock and roll front man in, in, in the wrestling ring. Paul Stanley, Freddie yeah. Mercury, you know, Bruce Dickinson. I wanted to be like the front man, the party host. And so I did that when I first started because I wasn't the biggest guy, but I knew I could have the biggest personality and the biggest charisma. Mm -hmm. So when we started Fozzie, um, I just took those same qualities that I was using as Y2J that I stole from great front men, like I mentioned, and then took it back into Fozzie. So it's very much uh, symbiotic. That's a big word for a Canadian. <laughs> but it all depends on connecting with the audience, whether it's wrestling or music. You need to connect with the crowd and let them know that, you don't take yourself seriously. You take the music seriously, but it's a big... Dave Lee Roth, I, I, it's one of my biggest influences. 70s Van Halen is what we are on stage. Okay. You have to have a good time. And when we go do these festivals, there's not a lot of bands that do that. It's very aggro. It's very mosh pitting and stuff. And that's fine. But for us, 
Just drink some beer and chant Fozzie and show your boobs, whether you're a girl or a guy. We don't care. Yeah. And just have fun. That's what it's all about. Well, that's... I like that. I remember seeing, I'm sorry to interrupt, Steve. I remember seeing an interview from with David Lee Roth in the height of their fame. And yeah. he was talking about The Clash. And he's like, you know that what I want to tell The Clash is, <laughs> you don't have to be so damn serious all the <laughs> well, yeah. time. Let's have some fun. I have no problem telling jokes on stage yeah. and having a great time. And people laugh. And that's when you get the connection. Yeah. Let's like, Especially in this day and age with all the crap that's going on in the world, come to a Fozzie show, leave the BS at the door and just have a good time, man. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Well, that's you know? that's it. And we've said this. It's the, the very nature of our show is that if you know, over the years, you've we've heard other shows where it seems like they're pissed off all the time. It's like I wouldn't hire a plumber that seemed pissed off. <laughs> yeah. why, why, why would I want to listen to a show or go to a show where I think they're, yeah. they're not enjoying what they're doing? It's okay to smile and laugh. Yeah. I think sometimes the word fun and rock and roll gets lost in the translation. Those are always my favorite bands where you can go and just have a good time, man. That's what it's all about. And um, it's it's kind of a lost art. And it's something that we take great pride in. We have a reputation for being that way is is if you come to one of our shows, you're just going to leave with a smile on your face. And that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't always have to yeah. be growling and, and angst and, and, and anger. You know, go to a go to a, a Lamb of God show if you want to do that, and that's fine. But for yeah. us, we'd rather have some fun. A that's different cool. animal. So, what what does this now? This we'll call it a turning point, and the fact that you know you're Absolutely. probably getting more more play than you've ever had for Fozzie. Uh, what is that? I assume it's a it's a mixed blessing because you got. I mean. You've got the exposure, but now there now you got a lot of people who are now. What's next? What's next? What's next? But it's, it's yeah, it's not. There's no such thing as a mixed blessing when it comes to this because this has been a long time coming, right? And I think we've really found our sound over the last couple of records. And the good news is that Judas was not the unanimous first choice as the first single from this record. There it's always a, the case. There was a big debate. Yeah, you know. And I think now with all the doors that that this song is kind of open for us. From places that had never really listened to Fozzie before, I think there's two or three other songs in the chamber that will probably not waltz right in, but they're going to get a much uh, easier ride because Judas has kind of done all the groundwork for us. And I said last week, it's almost like this is becoming our Enter Sandman, our Pour Some Sugar on Me. It's the song that's synonymous with Fozzie, and once you get that uh, that 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 tagline song, yeah, then there's so many other ones that are going to come up behind it. So it's like, a pretty uh, cool feeling. I like Drinking with Jesus. That's- Everyone loves that That's one yeah cool drinking yeah. with jesus painless uh yeah. there's a lot of tunes like that we play all of them live and you can see uh there's a there's a there's a bad word in drinking with jesus <laughs> and people already catching on to bad it bad words yeah and when they do that and people <laughs> yell it and so um you know it's cool it's always cool to yell out a swear word when you're a, yeah. when you're a kid awesome man all right, well, listen, and by the way, the song Judas is nominated for Loudwire's, Loudwire Music's uh, Awards Hard Rock Song of the Year. So yeah, that that's cool, cool man. Like, I yeah. call it the Judas effect. There's all of these things that are kind of sucking up into this tornado known of Judas. And, like, yeah, getting uh, nominated as a song of the year, um, you know, that's a huge award show. Avenged yeah. Sevenfold is playing well, it, and Anthrax is playing it. That's and, so cool. I mean, we've said yeah. it countless times, and, and, and you know, guys who are in the, the, the wrestling business or the, you know, who come through there, I don't know whether it's one gets the other or one creates the other, but on an entertainment level and a skill set and, and, and fan uh, appreciation and just yeah. the general way you guys move and, and go about your careers is 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 the absolute best work ethic we've ever seen. I mean, yep. the guys who come through here yeah. that do what you do for a living, 
we haven't met anyone who's not motivated and and forward thinking. Well, that's the work ethic that we have, and it gives you uh, the uh, the confidence to try things. Like uh, next week on Saturday, we're doing Fozzie Across America, which is three shows in three cities in three time zones in one day. Yeah, and no rock and roll band has ever done this. We're starting in Fort Myers, going to El Paso, ending up in Las Vegas, and we wanted to do something. When you release a record now. Records come and go so fast. We wanted something to really uh, blow this thing up to where it's like, look at what we're going to do. Yeah. The publicity stunt of public. It's Barnum and Bailey, man. It's Vince McMahon at its finest. And I'm really excited. You got the graphic up there right now. I don't know what the hell's going to happen. <laughs> we start at 10 in the morning and finish at 11 o'clock at night. Our drummer's already angry because he doesn't know when he's going to get a nap. <laughs> <laughs> That's just right. What a cool idea. Hey, cool. Hey, are you. Uh- you guys are doing a cruise, too, aren't you? We're doing a cruise. It's the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at sea. Uh, ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Uh, we did the Kiss Cruise. We were invited onto the Kiss Cruise. And the yeah. moment I got off the boat, uh, I called Fozzie's manager, and I said, we can do our own cruise. Yeah. What is Jericho known for? Rock and roll and wrestling. Yeah. Let's get a, a wrestling company, Ring of Honor, does a lot of shows in Philadelphia, to do a wrestling tournament at sea. We're building the ring on the boat. I had to have engineers go on there and do a, a, an Analysis is to see if the ring could be chained to the. To the like, yeah. I was just on Kiss's stage. Yeah. That, that stage isn't sliding off into the ocean. It's fine. Yeah. But then I, I got some great rock and roll bands: Fozzie King, Phil Campbell, and the Bastard Sons from Motorhead. Wow! And uh, great comedians: Jim Brewer, Brad Williams, yeah. Ron Funches is going to do it. And uh, just have a, a rock and roll party for what I'm interested in. It's awesome. It's a huge undertaking. Is nice. Brewer going to do music as well? He's going to do. I, he... I, I brought on Loud and Rowdy as well. He, nice. te- he tears it up. Yeah. yeah. So we just I wanted to make it the ultimate destination vacation for everything that I'm into. And uh, it's a big undertaking. It's ambitious. But if I didn't do it, I'd always be wondering. And we're doing it. So uh, <laughs> here we go, guys. Well, Buy then... a cabin or else I'll be cleaning toilets here <laughs> at, uh, at 93 MMR. Well, the man has a lot going on and you can see him and Fozzie. You're going to be banging It's going to be a punk rock yeah. texture. Yeah. we got Gemini Syndrome with us. They're a great band. I'm sure you've played them before as well. So uh, we believe in putting together a great package for a great night out. Come rock out with Fozzie. Our first appearance ever in Delaware, yeah. which incidentally, which I think I figured this out, is the only state I never actually had a wrestling match in. I just oh. had a, I did a highlight reel there once, but never actually had a match. So we're actually doing the first Fozzie show. Is my first real performance in Delaware well, tonight. Also Excellent. the home of tax-free shopping. That's yeah. Well, hey, that's what I said. Listen, when they put this routing together, they said, you want Philly or Delaware? I said, whichever one has the tax free shopping, <laughs> that's where I want to go. We need to come to Philly. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're going to, we, we fired our booking agent uh, last month. So our goal is to do a proper show in Philly, which uh, we've been waiting for for years. And hopefully yeah. this year we'll do it. Uh, Let us know when it's coming up, man. We'll help you out. I'll be sure. in again. Excellent. Yeah, right so it's here for Chris Jericho. Yeah. We are going to take a break and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Glad you asked. Cage the elephant. Larkin Poe. Rival sons. We move through the world like shooting stars across the sky. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. Steve forwarded me this story. Thought this was very interesting and maybe worthy of a discussion. Uh, the State Bar of California approved an ethics rule that would subject lawyers to discipline for having sex with their clients. 
All right. So current, the California currently bars attorneys from coercing a client into sex or demanding sex in exchange for legal representation. You would understand that. But but voluntary sex yes. between attorneys and clients is not prohibited as long as it does not cause the lawyers to perform legal services incompetently. The new rule would completely ban sex between lawyers and clients with only very few exceptions. So, I mean, wow. none of it. What are the exceptions? It, what's that? I don't know. Big I don't cans. know what the exceptions would be. Yeah, they have. <laughs> okay. Like they're, if they're like really, a size. Yeah, D, D, yeah, double, double D. Double D or bigger. It's, you just you can't. Can, no. like, look at this chick. <laughs> no, I, I'd say. Uh, Your Honor. Come on. Look, okay, look come on. at that. <laughs> All right. We'll accept it. All right. The card sees you pawing those awesome huge sweater jugs. No, uh, yeah, it, it's really a very comprehensive uh, yeah. effort to make sure that they do everything they can to stamp out uh, the perception of impropriety. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Though, but there, you know, there've been countless stories where the, uh, the 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 lawyer gets involved with the client, and uh, you know, that's half the Dateline uh, murder. Our episodes are based on around that stuff or similar to that. Outside of, of you know, lawyer and client, um, are there businesses that flat out say employees shall not engage in relationships? Is it like like you can be fired if you hook up with somebody else at work? I, I years ago, we were told, I think it might have been at something like Dunkin' Donuts where that was, that sort of fraternization was frowned upon. Well, frowned upon... Is a different I, yeah. story. Was a fireable being, offense. Fired. That I yeah. that I have not encountered. Okay. I don't know if it was a fireable offense, but when I worked at the Sixers, the dance team and the players were not allowed to have outside contact. And that's what, pretty standard in sports, right? Cheerleaders, dancers, and players. But some of can't. them, some of them did yeah. anyway. So I don't think though? it was fireable. Like, I mean, they're certainly not going to fire the NBA player. You right. know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. maybe the the you know probably be the the dancer, the dancer. <laughs> that would get axed, but that never happened. But they it was, but it had to be kept kind of secret. Like they, you didn't make a big deal about it, but they were told that you can't have outside relationships with them. Sometimes, and a company will see it though, and they see it as as uh, just a volatile situation. Yeah. Especially because if you're coworkers and you get involved, oh, yeah. and you and it goes south, that'll create a horrible dynamic at work. God, that's fun to watch though. It is. It is. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It? Oh yeah, yeah. when people who dated yes, work together and hate oh, each other. Oh man, it's fun. Yeah, I remember when uh, when Jackson and Michelle started dating, they had to keep it secret for a long time because yeah, and they did it really to protect themselves, but also because it was a work issue. Yeah. And and I wonder what the what the ramifications would be. Say your manager calls you and says, "Look, I know this is going on between you two, and we don't really think it's a uh, proper environment for this to be taking place." What your legal ramifications would be to come back and say, you know what? Too damn bad. Suck my ass. Suck my ass. <laughs> Suck my ass, Mr. Manager, man. I would say that you probably have some. If if on the hiring, if during the hiring they stipulated that that was a deal breaker or that's something that they would not allow, legally, I, I would assume they would probably be able to exert you know, full control over that. Here's a text that says you can't have relations with someone on a different level at Target. On a different oh, level? Okay. Meaning manager. That's just a one-level store, though. Well, some Not, of them some are Some of two. them are two levels. Yeah. Oh, okay. They have those cool shopping cart things. Yeah, yeah where the, the shopping cart goes yeah. up on Guess the what? escalator. A banging an upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can, th- that causes problems because then yeah. you, then there's always the allegations or accusations of favoritism. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or you can, if, if you, the relationship ends and then the manager fires you. Yes. Sure, you sure. Know, and that can get really, really hairy. 
Uh, let me go to let me go to Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, good. What's up, man? I'm good. Um, I ran a business um, that uh, delivered storage containers to people's houses, wherein they could then move. And uh, yep, frequently, um, if the recipient was female, they would attempt to have sex with our drivers. Really? <laughs> you must have some some hot drivers. Frequently. They were good looking, I would say. Uh, it's very similar to the pods and pack red. I'm big dick black. Okay. Wow. So, so the um, they were getting fired on, and the, and the company had to issue an edict that you could not have. It was strongly discouraged. It wasn't an official uh, red line item, but they said uh, you, you will experience this when you deliver containers. <laughs> Women. I didn't realize it was that sexy an industry. Maybe maybe their relationships that break up and that you know she's moving out. You know and, that's a good you know. point. He was just didn't treat me right. You look so good in those shorts. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name, Adrian? Does it play out that way sometimes? Uh, I delivered containers. It never happened to me, probably because I'm not that good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Adrian? Right? Can he send someone else? No, I, I, I'd be in that boat. But yeah, Thanks, it, man. I God. So that's, yeah, I, I had no imagine, idea that pod delivery men get hit on that much. I would imagine that's definitely a rule. A lot of places you can't bang the customers, you know, you can, yeah. you can bang other coworkers, but you can't, uh, you can't nail the customers. What about like, if, is, would you say that's probably true? Like at a movie theater, if you're an usher? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Can't bang the customers. <laughs> Keep it down. I wonder if strip clubs have rules like that. Well, no, they're they supposed to. No, they have them. They're supposed to. Well, no, no, no. Bang the customers? There, we, We've talked to some dancers over the years. Well, no, well, when they would have their clients who would come in and, like, set aside, like, two hours yeah. of time with them, <laughs> I don't know. Do you think it was full-blown sex or was it peripheral no, stuff? a lot of times, no. They they just want to get the money. Yeah. Somebody texts in and says, Wawa has policy against having a relationship with coworkers no matter the level. So is that, but to that point, Preston, is that, is that a fireable offense? Yeah, I don't. What know. about what about love? What about love? What about love? You know. Well, then then you're at a stalemate. It's like uh, you need to quit your job. No, you need to quit. Yeah, who's gonna who's yeah. gonna quit? Well, there yeah. you go. That's that whole thing. Well, let me go to. I got a Mike next. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. What's up, man? Yeah, um, when I lived out in Colorado, I was working for Vail Resorts, and Vail had a policy that there was no inner office dating. Hmm. But I ended up sleeping with my boss and because she was my boss um we ended up having to disclose it to human resources and what happened um they told us that we kind of had to you know fly under the radar and not have you know any public displays of affection right but in the end neither one of us had lost our jobs which is what it said in the handbook okay so they specified in the handbook that that you would lose your job if you dated within the company but then they didn't they didn't follow through on it no they didn't follow through at all luckily enough uh, I guess the, the the head boss of uh, our department she was pretty laid back and did you she didn't really care did you get the impression that it's something that they'd done in the past or is it just a threat that a lot of companies never really act on because I wonder the, if, if they you, face litigation, the, you they would have they would have to. They would have. You to. could easily fight that. Yeah. yeah. What if you fell in love with somebody? I'm in yeah. love. Yeah. <laughs> Not like that. Yeah. That that's what had happened. I mean, ultimately, you know, we ended up. <laughs> but I'm together, in love. Lived together for a few years. So okay. And and you worked together during that whole time. Yeah, and we actually yeah, and we we, we sat in, within the same aisle as well, which was kind of weird, but 
Wow. You know, the people that knew within the office, yeah. they, they were totally cool. And nobody cared. Okay. Interesting. All right. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Did you ever work with someone you were banging? No. No. Um... I don't think if I ever I've I've hooked I had hooked up with people that I had worked with okay uh, but never a relationship never more than you know one time thing I did at it was where all things happened at Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> and years and years ago but that was you know that's it was different shifts and so on and so forth it wasn't like a nine to five uh-huh. where you're you know one cubicle over from someone you're having I mean I was a, was a young man I was new to the world of donuts yes. <laughs> There was a little stretch where your wife worked downstairs, but I mean that's that's a different yes, thing. Yes, you know? Claire worked at MGK for yeah. a while. Yeah, but I was sleeping Damn. with Debella. The <laughs> <laughs> we had an understanding. Was that scandalous? Yeah. I don't, did anybody say anything? Did you oh. just yell Yazoo? <laughs> 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 Let me go to. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Alex. Hey, Alex. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Gadzook. Gadzook, what's up, man? <laughs> Not much. So yeah. uh, I work for a local grocery store chain in the area, and uh, a couple months ago we had a big meeting out in King of Prussia where it's a privately held family company. Mm-hmm. So they bring the you know the family down. They bring all the big wigs down, VPs, execs, everybody that's at the top there. And so everybody's going up there and giving us their 10, 15-minute spiels. And then the owner gets up. The owner, president, you know, his father started the company. And he's going on this great speech about how we hire the best here and, you know, everybody here loves what they do. And we have a really vigorous screening process. So the people that work here are fantastic. And he's giving us – then he starts giving us all these examples of all these people that are married to each other. And there's all these couples that work for the company that have met their wives and their husbands there. Mm. And he looks out into the entire room and he goes, so all of you should meet, you know, your future spouse. You should meet your future husband and wife here and date around. And wow. That person here in the store. So they're, they're, act, they're actively encouraging it. Well, it basically it was, you know, he's saying this. Now, granted, he's, he's a little bit older. And we look over into the side of the table and the head of HR for our division <laughs> Is basically banging her head into the desk. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> that's I mean, awesome. that's honestly, that's a lot of what HR has to deal with—sexual yeah. harassment, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow! And he's and he's up there going, "Yeah, this is great." And I know so many of my managers out there have met their spouses out here, and we hire great people. So you should find your next spouse here if you're a single person in the oh, store. And even if it's not something long term, just to get a little hand action on lunches. <laughs> Worked it. Exactly. <laughs> we, we, we couldn't believe it. Though. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm down there screaming inside, and he's up there condoning everything. I like that, Alex. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, let me go to uh, an anonymous caller. Works in the pharmaceutical sales trade. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, Gazook's guy. Gazook's funny. All right. So. Hey, um, so I work in the pharmaceutical sales business, mm-hmm. and um, it's obviously very frowned upon to um, have relations with your sales manager or your clientele. But I know two very attractive sales, pharmaceutical sales reps who actually sleep with the director of the pharmacy. I, I uh, To be honest, I can't imagine that's not the case because the industry, it, it's been the long-running Perception and norm is that you have very attractive people in the industry to help promote and sell the drugs. It's, you see them when you're you in the doctor's office yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely amazing though, like what she makes compared to like how many years she's been in the business. I've been in the business like three years, and yeah. what she makes 
compared to everybody else, like myself, the poor slums that have been here like 10 plus years. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? I'll go sleep with the guy if I need to. You'll bang him too. Now, has, yeah, has, right. any, has anyone come forward to protest? No, I mean, like everybody knows, but it's like, it's like, what do you, I mean, you know, it's just like, what do you say? You know what I mean? Unless you have proof, but like, just no. Like, you see them shacking up at events, you see them. You know, out of diff- out of different like um, yeah, you know, conferences, always you know, chumming up to each other. I mean, you, you know what's going on, but like, and then we're gonna have a, a video proof. I mean, yeah, I know, and, and, and you with everybody, and you, you can know? create a world of hurt for yourself. There was a there was a uh, how I hmm. met your mother episode where they were talking about the uh, there was a cluster of uh, pharmaceutical reps, females that came into the bar, and they were the golden. The golden, um, you know, prize. Yeah. What about, what about uh, uh, interplay with uh, doctors? Do you see some of that going on? Um, not, not with, not with the business dominant. And we're, ours are more uh, on the director side and the director of pharmacy side. Okay, um, because we're selling to the pharmacies. Um, but yeah, I know some of the docs that are involved in some things too. But it's more on the. The financial end, if anything else. Yeah, that's really the, that's a sleeping you know. your way to the top thing, which uh, is definitely. I sleep with Kathy though, but got me to the top. There we go. <laughs> you got the offer, Kathy. Cool. Send me a picture. Yeah. <laughs> a D picture. All right. Thanks, man. <laughs> we'll see you later. No, that stuff's still definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yeah. standard. But in, what if you're just in the corporate world? What if it's just love, Preston? What if it's love, it happens. Happened here. We've Our... seen we've seen love blossom and fall apart here. Yes. Did we? Yeah. What fell apart? I'll, Love. I'll write it down for you. Love okay. fell apart. Right. Love. Uh, let me see. I'm going to go to Dorothy. Hey, Dorothy, good morning. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah. How are you? Good. What's up, Dorothy? <laughs> Remember? Ding, ding, ding. Um, my sister works at Home Depot, and they don't fire you if you date. They just relocate to different stores. They so, could relocate oh. you to a part of the same store and you'd never see them. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, true. Yeah. Man. So so if they find out you're in a relationship, they could just move you to another store. Yeah, if it's in the same district, they'll just send you to a different store. Yep. Well, maybe and you, you I, in a way you can understand. I mean, if, if yeah. I if I was a business owner and there was a lot going on, the potential for volatility and to have it come around and bite you in the ass. Uh, the, the the employer is is pretty high. Melissa said where she worked they had and I guess they called it a girlfriend relocation program. <laughs> <laughs> hey That's Melissa, cool. good morning. Hi, good morning. You guys rock. Thank, Thank you. you. What's up, Melissa? Yeah, so that was a funny term that they used to use. Um, I worked at a restaurant and um, right out of high school, and um, I started dating one of the back-of-the-house managers when I was a server. And um, after dating for a couple of years, the proprietor basically said to him that he had to get me out of there. So they had a funny term around, like, the whole store when girls would leave that were dating somebody, and they would call it a girlfriend relocation program. <laughs> Which is tr- true. And, and so with the relocation, how many how – many, um... Uh, restaurants were there. Were there enough that you were still within a reasonable range? Right. Yeah. You could. Um. I went to a completely different type of restaurant. Okay. Um, but I, I. There was other ones within the company that people went to. Um. But I. Yeah. I went to a completely different one. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I guess that makes sense, right? Thanks, Melissa. <laughs> I love that term, though. Uh, an anonymous caller uh, worked in law enforcement. Hi. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing good. So what did you want to uh, tell us about your industry or former industry? Um, I am also I am a medic, and I uh, am a law enforcement officer. Okay. And 
I just wanted to comment on the fact that there seems to be such a double standard, um, I guess in general, but uh, with between women and men and mm-hmm. dating and in the work environment. And uh, I really think that it depends on the people, um, the individuals specifically. Um, I have dated a couple different people throughout my career that I've worked with, and uh, there's never been any drama. There's never been anything crazy going on, and uh, we were actually able to keep it reasonable and uh, it for it to work out. With the, ahead, du- with the double standard, you're saying that they would, would, will they, so let's say there's a relationship going on, will they come down harder on the woman or come down harder on the guy, or what, what's your perception? Um, I mean, I feel like in law enforcement it's a little bit different. I feel like you're working very stressful uh, yeah. situations together. You're working 12-hour shifts a lot of times. Um, some departments only work eight hours, but you know, you're, you're working with specific people and you're yeah. under a lot of pressure and stress. Um, and they kind of, I guess, I don't want to say frown upon it, but it isn't, uh, it isn't the best situation because, say, you have a situation with a person that you've dated or you've been intimate with and uh, there are extra emotions or feelings attached and you guys have bad feelings towards each other and you get into a negative situation and you need to rely on that person in a dangerous situation. I, I would um, imagine. I would imagine also, say, if you're with someone who is your, your, your partner, I mean, you're going through some very uh, tumultuous things that that helps foster an, a relationship, you know, besides just a, uh, a, a friend, co-worker, you can, it can go to other places. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah. Um, you know, and you, you never know. As, as a as a person, as an individual, you never know how you're going to react in a situation. And by the way, your your entire uh, industry uh, has handcuffs at the ready all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't comment on that, but <laughs> um, yeah. So I just wanted to kind of make a comment that you know it, it depends what um, what job you're in and what industry you're in. But I think you know we're all we're all human beings, and if you can handle, you know, you have to know yourself. And yeah. if you can handle a situation, you know, you know, hey, I can still be civil with this person, and I can still have a, a working relationship with this person and not let personal... Oh, yeah, no, no, there's there, there's countless times. I mean, I... I, well, yeah. I yeah, I mean, there, it, it, many people handle it to, to great effect. You, it's just an employer's position. You, you have to be of a certain temperament, yeah. and there are yeah. some people that can't right. handle it, and right. some people that are unhinged and become obsessive, and the next thing you know, something bad can happen in yeah it. so i understand that absolutely all right well thank right. you for your call we appreciate it thank you have a good one guys you too you too we'll see you later um let me see here i'm gonna go to uh jeff who is an uh an employment lawyer maybe shed some light on this yeah. a little bit hey jeff good morning hey good morning guys ladies and casey how are you <laughs> <laughs> he's in his own category isn't he <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jeff, of, of this stuff you've heard, what do you? What would you like to chime in with? All right. So, I want to answer a couple questions very quickly. The mm-hmm. first one is: Is it illegal for someone to be involved in a relationship at work with another person, whether it be their subordinate or their superior? No. The answer is no. It's not illegal. There's nothing unlawful or unconstitutional. Correct. In love with Kathy, right? For example. Mm-hmm. Um, however. Let's just assume that Kathy and, well, let me backtrack for a second, but let's assume your company has a policy that says, although it's not illegal for Casey to fall in love with Kathy, it is illegal for you guys to have a relationship at work, meaning we prohibit it. It's our policy, our employer policy, that you two should not fraternize because it's not good. Okay. 
That's legit. You can have a legitimate policy that prohibits inner office romance. Can a legitimate However, policy of that level be enforced to the point of termination? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, and really? Here's where, here's where, yeah, here's where it comes into play. Casey and Kathy start dating. Although it's not illegal, it may be disgusting in some circles, but (laughs) for whatever reason, the company decides to enforce that policy that, hey, guys, we told you, you sign the employee handbook, we're going to let you go. If they only fire Casey, uh, or forgive me, let me go back, if they only fire Kathy and not Casey, well, now Kathy can explore the possibility of a sexual discrimination lawsuit because she's being treated disparately or differently, presumably because they fired the woman and not the man. Okay, but what if they fired Casey and not me? Same thing. He can make the same okay. he can make the same argument. You're only firing the guy and not the woman. The better policy to have, and sometimes you'll see it, is we don't encourage employees to engage in relation romantic relationships. However, to the extent you do, you gotta tell us. Okay. You need to let us know Casey and Kathy are dating. And if you do that we probably won't fire both of you. When when the company is informed, are the are they usually informed by the sitting in a tree K I S S I N G? Is that how they <laughs> that sort of thing? It's usually, it's, it's usually when they observe people in the parking lot in their car. Yeah, that's the last way you want to. So if you are, would your advice be to most people who have signed a thing in a handbook like this, if they are involved in a relationship, to actually go apprise the employer of it? If you feel that there's a risk that you both could lose your job, yeah. well, what's going to happen is you, if you don't disclose it, then you run the risk that you're insubordinate for not disclosing something that you were supposed to disclose, separate and apart from whether or not the underlying act was even illegal in the first place. I got you. So, so know, know the so parameter. The yeah. Worse. Okay. Wow. Hey, yep. by the way, we, we got started on this by this... Uh, um, the State Bar of California and this ethics rule that would uh, that lawyers can't sleep with their clients at all in any shape or form. Do we have anything like that in Pennsylvania? No. Pennsylvania doesn't have any specific ethics rule that is a complete bar to relationships between attorneys and clients. However, to the extent that the attorney's using the relationship to coerce the client into right. sex or some other thing, for example... You know, if you do something for me, I'm going to make sure I get you off. You get me off, yep. I'll get yeah. you off your DUI case. Right, right. right. That's a no-no. Okay, yeah, 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 I would imagine. All right, interesting. Thanks for the info. All right, appreciate it, man. No yeah, problem, thanks, guys. Jeff. <laughs> See ya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting, though, but, I mean, there's a, it, can, it can complicate things, uh, but it can, it can also be love. What about love? Yeah, what about love? Whatever happened to love? Your Honor. Yeah. Have we forgotten about love? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Interesting. Interesting. I know there's a lot of stories out there and people that have uh, seen it or have been a part of it. So thank you for your calls. We appreciate it. We'll be back in just a moment, so don't go too far. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Steven Singer Jewelers is now offering financing online with interest-free options available for a limited time. Get pre-qualified in seconds. Learn more at IHateStevenSinger.com. Nobody likes a delay of game. And while there's been some uncertainty about this football season, Acme is happy to announce it's game on. So no matter what your game day's like, They've got everything you need to cheer the Eagles on. From snacks and party trays to beverages and fan gear, make it a season to remember. Acme, official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles.
Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Deer are known, or not known, I'm sorry, for their swimming abilities. So it's surprising that one of the creatures interrupted a swimming lesson at a California school by falling into the pool. Oh, man. Lifeguard Jasper Solomon said that a swimming class for ages three to six was taking place when a deer jumped the fence, ran out onto the pool deck, and then jumped into the water. Now, the kids and parents were ushered out of the pool before Solomon and his boss used flotation devices to help the deer to the pool steps. Thank you. <laughs> so somehow or another, they ran, they saved his life. I yeah, guess. yeah. Uh, staff treated the pool water and tested it for contamination before swimming lessons resumed. So I've been seeing a lot it. of deer around lately. Have you? Yeah. yeah. A family of Chinese tourists accidentally led police on a chase uh, in San Diego on a highway after failing to realize that they were required to pull over. <laughs> Didn't know that thing, did you? Uh, police chased their SUV, which was seen driving erratically for several miles before it was pulled over on Interstate 8. The family exited the vehicle and explained they did not realize the lights and sirens of the patrol car indicated they were required to pull over. They thought they were in a parade. Believe it or not, police did not issue any citations to the family. They just were confused and they didn't understand it. Try using that the next time you get pulled over. Yeah, right. People of my country have no idea. Uh, it's not every day that a pet bunny leads to a drug bust, but that's exactly what happened in Hora, Peru, recently. Hora, uh, welcome to Hora. Uh, a young woman there noticed that her pet bunny seemed suspiciously frisky every time he returned from his recurring escapes. Mm-hmm. So she followed the bunny, named Pinpon, and discovered the abandoned house <laughs> near her own home was housing plants that her bunny was eating. The girl told her family about the plants. They investigated, then they called police. Authorities removed the marijuana plants, and Pinpon has become a local celebrity. My name is Pinpon. Let's let's do it. He's a uh, he's apparently a stoned bunny. Oh yeah! But it has inspired a meme on Facebook. There's no word on whether the grower of the plants was found or not. But Pinpon has Pinpon become likey a little bit of a uh, star in Peru. Uh, talk about having a rude awakening. Uh, camper James Wally bro- woke up at his campsite at British Columbia's uh, Capilano River Regional Park recently to a black bear watching him through the mesh of his tent. Yeah, yeah, take your pants off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, slow, no, 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 slow, 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 slow. And yeah. he managed to shoot a nearly 15-minute-long video of the encounter. So the bear just sat there staring at him the now entire time. hips back and forth slowly. He now, said... Now put your index finger on your lower lip and say, Am I a bad boy? He said, uh, I could feel that he yeah. wasn't aggressive. No. Uh, no, anything he was... but. He was more just curious than anything. All right. Now, all right, now take that mag light and straddle it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That mag light. Uh, he said he was just more, he was more just curious, uh, and so he was bi curious. <laughs> so that's why I didn't get too worked up uh, myself. Uh, but it was still an exercise just to remain calm through right. that whole thing. I'm gonna go to the, the tent right over across the field and grab a bra. I want you to put it on. He said that it was uh, it was pretty wild. So there's a video of him looking at uh, at him the whole time he was in his tent. That would be scary. It would be very scary. A woman has been fined thousands of dollars for stealing underwear at H&M after a court rejected her diarrhea defense. <laughs> is, that, is that a legitimate defense? 
Well, they rejected it, so okay. I guess not. The 54-year-old woman I'm was caught. Use the diarrhea defense was caught in March after a shopkeeper in Halmstad. This is in Sweden, I believe. Spotted her taking five pairs of underwear into a changing room, but handing back only four when she left. It's okay. I have diarrhea. Uh, she immediately confessed. <laughs> <laughs> she immediately confessed after being confronted. By her. <laughs> That would be a great teacher. Yeah, yes, it's okay. I have diarrhea. So yeah, you could, it really will get you through life if you're rushing someplace. Yeah, or you're <laughs> you get getting pulled over. I have diarrhea. I have diarrhea. It's okay. <laughs> just go. Just go. She immediately. You know, like you're, yeah. you're running through the front door of the Pentagon. Yeah, I'm I've sorry. got diarrhea. <laughs> Let him go. Let go. him go. Let him go. <laughs> According to Swedish law, a person... Wait, I'm, i got to back up a little bit. She immediately confessed after being confronted by police outside of the store, uh, but said she had gotten a sudden onset of diarrhea while shopping. We need a, to print those shirts up. And had been forced to change underwear. According to Swedish law, a person committing a crime in an emergency situation may escape punishment, but the district court said in its ruling that it could not be considered to apply in this case. It has said the woman had more options open to her than trying to uh, do a um, trying to steal. Okay, uh, they call that doing a runner. Doing, doing Sweden, a runner. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, there were other possible courses of action she could have. Example: paid for the panties before she put them on. Huh. Uh, she has now been found guilty of shoplifting. It's all right. I have diarrhea. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We'll do another story, and then we will wrap it up. Uh, for more than a century, grape-growing villages in southern Germany have bestowed the title of wine queen on local women who were chosen to serve as ambassadors for the area's produce. Wine queen. Uh, but what happens when no one in the town wants to wear the traditional drindle and crown at local wine festivals? Well, the Moselle River town of Keston with its 350 inhabitants, decided to swap in a laurel wreath and Roman dress after electing Sven Finke to the role of wine queen. It's an honor to be the wine queen. After the present By wine... the way, step aside, I've got diarrhea. After the... <laughs> after the present wine queen already added a third year to her duties because she could not find a successor, uh, he said, I jokingly said that I would... Take the wine queen job. He's 24 years old. Little did he know the locals would take his offer seriously. And they would find himself in a class with female wine experts during this summer's wine queen seminars. Why would you want to be wine queen? Uh, Sven was officially crowned as Bacchus Castandi. Castaniti, I'm sorry, on Friday night. Swedish George Costanza. A name that relates to the god of winemaking, harvest, ritual, madness, and ecstasy in Roman mythology. So he is the first ever... Male wine queen. It's quite an honor. I guess so. I mean, what would have in my diarrhea. <laughs> and that is what I have for you. In this morning's Bizarre File, that is it, my friends. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks proudly supports the American Cancer Society Bikeathon. Hey, it's Marcus. Cancer won't stop and neither will we. Join myself and Team WMMR on Sunday, August 9th for the 48th annual ACS Bikeathon. This year we're going virtual. The pedal power to finish the ride against cancer may look different, but the mission remains the same. Each Team WMMR rider gets a free team t-shirt. Registration and complete details at WMMR. 
WMMR.com and check out our custom Team WMMR apparel providers, Volet and Go Cycling. Team WMMR and the ACS Bikeathon, virtually unstoppable. The ACS Bikeathon, another way 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. You know, from these years on Saturday Night Live, movies like Mean Girls and Grown Ups, and he is the ladies' man. Please welcome Tim Meadows. Yeah! Hello. Back to our studio. Good morning, Tim. Thank you very much. Welcome to Philadelphia. Thanks. And thanks for offering me that beautiful hoagie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is part of our fare here. The, you know, you, the, 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 the cheesesteak or the hoagie are the, the two things you get. So. Yeah. Cheesesteak would have been better. I mean, <laughs> hoagie just sounds, it's a funny word. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Where, where you're from what? Michigan? Where were you? I am from Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Well, what was the standard food you were expected to eat in um, Michigan? Uh, uh, how do you pronounce it? Gyros. Gyros. Yeah, gyros. Yes. Yeah, we had Greek a, population. Yeah, we yeah. had a Greek. We had. It's a small Greek town. It was a big Polish town. Polish sausages. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Polish sausages. I don't know what, what, what I was thinking. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is the most popular cuisine in your town. You don't know how to pronounce it, by the way. No, I wasn't sure. I was. Uh, it was one of those things that you see the word, but you never know how to order. Uh, say it, yeah. and yeah. like I never heard people order. People would. Just go, I'll take one of those. Uh, right. yeah. You, you, know, you do the gyros. thing that we all do where we just, I'll have one of those. You know, you know, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a General Sal's chicken. Yeah. Uh, I've ordered so, it like, yeah. Sal's, yeah. towels, to sew. Yeah. Yeah. The word. change it every time. Yeah. I've been having trouble trying to, like, I've been asking people, how do they pronounce, I got to think of the word again, but it's one of those words that I always see in books. And I always go, how does this pronounce? Yeah. Oh, sang- sanguine. 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 Sangu- sanguine? Right. Sanguine. Is Which that- can be happy and or, uh, or red. Sa- at red. I thought it was cold-blooded. I thought it was like very happy and or um, oh easily... Um, Sanguine. Flo- yeah, look it up. What somebody. books are you reading? Optimistic, <laughs> optimistic or positive, or a uh, or blood red. Okay. There we go. Oh, okay, great. Right. I was right. And is pronounced sanguine. Sanguine. Is it sang? I have sanguine. Which sanguine. S a sa- big n big g g u g w i n is the phonetic spelling. Okay, great. Sanguine. Philly, you learned something this morning. <laughs> but I you know what that. happens? It, it, it's especially like later on in life, you're like, ah, do I really need to learn this now? Yeah. And, you know, it's like I've learned a lot of stuff now. I'm just going to skip over this word whenever <laughs> I see it in a book. And then you never, and then you feel like a tool when it comes up in conversation. It's like, ah, and then you then you do your best to avoid it. Yeah, I still have trouble spelling restaurant occasionally. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, that, that word's and, bothered and me for years. You just, it's like, ah, oh, do I really learn it now? I've gotten yeah. to the point now now why it's it's so. I mean, there was. Day when one had to actually go get a huge dictionary and flip through it and find out what that is. But yeah. fortunately, your laptop or your cell phone is right there. And I now will consciously go, "What the hell does this word mean?" I'll look it up very quickly. Oh, yeah. Well, For you a can hit the satisfaction. You can hit just one key and it'll come up in the text. My True. wife will sit there, uh, Tim, and she'll she'll ask me. She's on her computer. Mm-hmm. I said, "Honey, you have a conduit to the world's information right yeah. there." <laughs> Why are you bothering Why me? Why are you bothering me? <laughs> yeah. No, but, I, I know, man. It's it's wild. But anyway, you, we you, got all this information right in front of us. Right. We're very lazy about it. Because I could have easily asked Siri, how do you pronounce this word? <laughs> Sanguine, you know. Does Siri understand you? Because a lot of people have an issue with communicating with Siri where they do not get... Uh, the, I don't think she. I yell at Siri all the time. <laughs> I never you? just like. I don't think she's ever heard my normal voice. Just going like, "Can you Chinese restaurant?" You know, it's like, "Get me so and you know, <laughs> call Sarah, <laughs> call call Satan." No, <laughs> call Sarah. That's usually my. Yeah. 
Oh, right. the Satan's not even in my phone book. <laughs> where is he? Yeah, I also yeah. like asking the questions, and it goes, I cannot answer that. You know, where you go, hey, what do you smell like, Siri? Let's, let's I this. cannot try answer. Let's try this. Hang on. Who is Tim Meadows? Okay, I found this. It what? says, Tim Meadows is an American actor and comedian. Yeah! Oh, Longest you. running cast members on Saturday Night Live. She let, got your eyes. Let me wow. tell you something. If you're and doing, he yells at me. Yes. <laughs> if you're doing anything on that nature, of a search nature like that, use the Google voice. Thing. Yeah. Much more effective, and it'll understand a lot more. You got stock in Google, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a shareholder. <laughs> yeah. Google pushing. voice. Just came up on my on my phone. It's so, it's so it. intuitive. It's it knows I'm you. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Just anticipated you would want it. I think Siri, that? I think Siri was still working. Yeah. Okay. Wow, Siri. That's bizarre. That's right? amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Especially because Siri's get turning you over to her comp. You know, her competition. It's like <laughs> here's yeah. my girlfriend. You want? <laughs> it's Google search. <laughs> By the way, we have uh, Tim Meadows on the Revel Casino webcam. Last time you were here, and it was a couple. Of years ago, we tried yeah. to hook him up. Didn't Wasn't we? he begging for dates on air? Oh or something yeah. Like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was lonely. We got, Boy. We got you to a, to a ball game, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to the Phillies game. I think I was throwing out a first pitch at the game because I was here promoting uh, the Bill Ingvall show. I think yeah, at the yeah. time. And so I went to throw out a first pitch, and I told you guys I was I was going by myself. Yeah. And there was some woman that was on the phone that was like, she was topless or something, but she was driving around. And you, and and I and you, you were like, hey, you should take her. And then I asked her if she wanted to go to the game. And she goes, no, I can't. <laughs> what? And I think she even said she had a boyfriend on air, but she wouldn't. She didn't want to admit it on air. But Tim, we had air. we had I had a number of emails after that of women who would have gladly gone with you uh, and, oh. and just felt that they they had already been that you already hooked up with this topless driving woman. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I said that the game. I was so lonely. <laughs> Any really great seats for a baseball game sitting by myself. Wow. Do you travel well by by yourself? Can you go into a restaurant and eat by yourself? Um, I I don't like doing that. I, yeah. I, I'll go sit at a bar and eat at the bar if okay. I have to. Are you um, dating somebody now? Hmm? Are you dating anybody now? I am, yes. I guess I should <laughs> admit it out loud. Yeah. I try to have to. <laughs> you can lie. This no, isn't, yeah, no. This I, isn't a hearing. She may hear it eventually. Oh. Yeah. She, yeah. Does she, um, do we know who she is? Um, I No, you don't know who she okay. is. You mean like a famous person? Yeah, right. Is no, it Uma uh, Thurman? No. I, no. no. Is she saying she's available? <laughs> no, she's, she's with Quentin Tarantino oh, now. Son of a no, because um, I would drop my girl for her. <laughs> So listen, oh, no, she might hear this. Yeah. <laughs> listen, if I was sitting at a bar and Tim Meadows came and sat next to me, I would want to talk to Tim Meadows. Are Absolutely. You, as a woman or as yourself? As myself. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, is that okay by you? You know, Or when you sit down at, at a bar or whatever yeah. and you're by yourself, you just want to be by yourself? Yes. I want yeah. to be by myself. I don't want people to talk to me at all. I'm not t- like Tom Hanks or whoever. Right. I'm right. very antisocial. Have people ever come up to you? Because uh, I know that uh, Chad Smith and Will Ferrell get uh, mixed up with each other. People think they, they look alike. Has anybody ever come up to you and thought you were a different comedian or actor? Yes. And does it happen frequently? And is it the same person? I bet you I know who you get. Yeah. Don Cheadle. Yep, exactly. Oh. Don yeah. Cheadle. Because I got a text that says, hey, Tim was great in Iron Man 2 and 3. <laughs> yeah. I talk about that. that in my show, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, That's it happens a, a lot. That's not a problem to have. I mean, he's a good, he's a big star. Yeah, you know? he's, I mean, yeah, it would be, it's, I feel bad for him because he gets it, too, where, <laughs> you know, he gets 
confused for me, and it happens a lot to him. Yeah. And I feel bad for him because he's like a bigger, much bigger star than me. And to be confused with me, you know, it's not saying much for him. I don't know. know. I, no. I, lo- I, I love your work. No, I love but I'm your, just I saying, lo- he's been in Iron Man 2. He's been nominated for Academy Awards. He does charity for the, you know, for the for the UN. He friends with the president. And then he goes out to on the street and they go, hey, Tim Meadows. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, he is, he's worked oh. hard for his Thing. Say that's disgusting for me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I was nominated for an Academy Award. I don't do that. Uh, well, you know what? They, they, bringing up the ladies, man, it was on actually a, a while. I enjoy that movie. It was a fun movie. It came at a time when they were sort of bombarding, I guess, Lauren Michaels. They were taking anything that had um, any character from SNL that had some traction. Mm-hmm. Did Did you bring that, that to you? Or did, did Lauren no. say, let's do a movie? No, they came to me with it. And... Um, I was against doing. Yeah, or were you really? Yeah. yeah, I was against it, and um, it, the, for, the, it went like this. They said, Paramount wants to know if you guys can write a script for Ladies Man. They're interested in maybe doing a movie, and so we said, Yeah, I think we. So we sat down and we wrote. We came out with an outline for right. a story. Then they said, Can you actually write the script? And we said, Yes. And they, then after that, they liked the script and they wanted to shoot it. And so we were, it was also al- almost like, it was like reeling us in. Yeah. Like yeah, going, yeah. hey, there may, this thing may happen if you want to do it. And so after a certain point, we were like, oh, I think we're making this movie. And so that was basically it. So they had, I mean, everything took off. Wayne's World was, was huge. And they said, they think, okay, we can, we can mine from this. This collection of characters, because there was It's Pat, yeah. and then there was uh, yeah. uh, uh, the Superstar, guys. the Roxbury guys, and they just seemed to be grinding it up. And I was wondering if it w- yeah, so it, you're, they were coming saying, let's, what can we get going? Yeah, I think it was more... While you're doing the show still, too, right? Yeah, and while we were still doing the character, we were still sort of learning who the character was, too. Right. So, and my thing, only because it's just me, I, I didn't want... Uh, to have a big hit character, or it wasn't something I was shooting for. I, I I liked writing and being in sketches. I liked everything about it, but I saw how you get a hit character on a show sometimes, like that's all people want from you. Right. Including the people on the show. Yeah. Right. So you don't, you sort of get boxed in. And that character, I actually had been doing it for years, the voice, and I just would never do it on the show because I didn't want to do it on the show. It was something I used to do for crank phone calls and oh really you yeah I'd call the, radio stations and <laughs> I'd call my friends and stuff and and so I didn't want to give that voice up because it was really fun it was yeah. like my friend yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. My, my alter ego well did so did some of your castmates like Dana Carvey was he tired of doing Church Lady and Hans and Franz it's and, different people are built differently like yeah. some people are made for that like yeah. they love doing impressions they love you know Chris Farley was one of my best friends and he everybody that he met he befriended yeah. He's Every stranger, every person that came up to him on the street, he was like, hey, he'd do a show for you. Oh, man. And I'm not like that. You know, I'm like, like I just said, don't come up to me at a restaurant. I, want to be I think I know what you're saying, though, because, uh, um, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you reach the SNL, you, you know, I, I, I do this. But do, having done stand-up and, and doing some things, when, when people respond favorably to something you do, it's I used to think, oh, shouldn't I be doing something but if they they like it and you can live within the character and do more with it yeah. and, and people enjoy it then then that's great but 
it's I think you're a, a pretty prolific writer. I mean, you mm-hmm. you second uh, Chicago Second City, and right. the, the original Matt Foley bit was you were in that, were yeah, you not? Yeah, yeah, that was the Second City, right? So, so uh, at least a lot of writers are trained to think, I'm, I'm, why am I retreading something? I got I want to do something new, and exactly. is that where your mind was at? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, I didn't like having to do the same thing over because I came from that school of improv, right? And they turned out voluminous amounts of stuff. Yeah, and like I said, it really is on how how you're built. Like yeah, yeah. Mike Myers is another person that was like that. He he loved to perform and loved making people laugh. When you do a movie like The Ladies Man, do you just ask somebody like Will Ferrell to be in it, or or like Billy Dee's in it? You know, like how do you yeah. even go about casting stuff like that? Julianne Moore's in it. Yeah, well, Julianne Moore was uh, she was the first host to come in and ask to be in a ladies man sketch and we were like oh wow <laughs> that's like, cool that's awesome yeah, yeah. and yeah. i had never had that experience before so and i really loved her yeah uh, and uh, actually we named the main the female character julie after julianne moore but we sent her the script and said anything we have a bunch of cameo parts anything you want to do and so she picked that clown Stripper, yeah, <laughs> just hilarious. And yeah, it is funny. funny. Yeah. I mean, you can. I mean, I obviously it was a time when you're trying to do the show, and they ask you to do this movie, and you're like, I don't know if I want to do this. But if you look back at it now, can you can you chuckle and enjoy it a little bit? I do. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised by it. Yeah, you know, because the movie was in 2000. I think. Yeah, yeah. So like, even I mean, it's been 15, 14 years. Wow. And people still talk, see it and ask me about it. And, you know what the, the like the Coneheads movie was not, it's not a great movie, but I love it. I watch it every time it's on. I like it's, it. it's yeah. on. I thought it, it was it's fun. Just, it's just got a whole bunch of, uh, you know, things. But you can see that they were, at that point in time, they were just like, let's, if it's not nailed down, let's make it into a movie. Yeah. See, you made the movies and you made the TV show. So um, for, for me, I, I watch it so it's sort of timeless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it still lives with me today. I just watched Lethal Weapon the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie came out in 1987. And I'm watching it, and uh, for some reason, it, it didn't matter that it that it came out in 1987. It was still relevant and everything to me today. So right. if I had an opportunity <clears throat> to talk to Mel Gibson or Danny Glover, I would love to talk to them about that movie, yeah. even though it, it was, what, almost 30 years ago. It's, it's You I, wouldn't want to ask Mel about, like, the <laughs> recent stuff? <laughs> I think, I think I that, because that's where I would go. I he think. wouldn't want to answer it. Yeah. All right? I'd um, be like, I loved you and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Tell me about those recordings that you made for your girlfriend. It was amazing in Lethal Weapon. I you hate your girlfriend, and what's with you and the Jews? <laughs> I want to ask you about uh, the phases of Saturday Night Live, because you, you were a, a cast member for so long, and mm-hmm. I would probably liken it to maybe a college career where you, you enter your freshman year, and it's like everything is new and exciting, right. and then you're having a good time. And, and then at the end, I'll, I'll liken it to Nick's uh, college career, because he was in college for seven and a half years. <laughs> and he's not a doctor. And he's not a doctor. But, uh, you know, towards the end, after you see all these cast members come and go, was it was it as fun still? Yes, it was, was still it? fun. Yeah, um, because everybody was so funny, you mm-hmm. know. So I mean, working with Will and Anna Gasteyer and Molly Shannon and you know all those people, Tracy Morgan. Everybody. Who was your favorite group? I think the last. I don't even want to say like who was my favorite. I, I, <laughs> I know it's, it's hard because you were yeah. surrounded by really and, and great you, by people. By the way, were part of that, and I, I, I can. Some of your stuff is some of the most hilarious well, stuff. Thanks. You could say maybe what the most fun was. I mean, you know, that's difference between your favorite and just I had the most fun. Yeah. I, the most fun I had was probably shooting. Uh, I, th- I would say shooting things that I wrote that I wasn't in. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. What, what, what would that people? be? What would some like, of the stuff? What, what? One 
Like a proud father, you're watching something. Exactly. Um, I wrote this commercial. It was a commercial parody, and it was called Jiffy Pop Airbags. Oh, that's brilliant. Phil Hartman. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, the airbag fills up a... Popcorn, popcorn, so yeah. while you're waiting for rescue, you can you eat can the popcorn. Yes. I love that you have something to eat. Thank you. That was that. you? Oh, that was me, great. yeah. I played the cop in it. But <laughs> the thing that was fun for me was just sitting and actually seeing this idea that I had. I woke, literally woke up at 2 in the morning yeah. um, and went, oh, my God, Jiffy Pop popcorn. <laughs> it could be an airbag in the car. <laughs> did you have to write it down? And right I wrote away? it down, yeah. yeah. I have a notebook. And, and then that. I went and did and told uh, Jim Downey, who was the head writer on the show. I said, I, I think it's funny. And he goes, yeah, it's great. And so I wrote it. And just watching it being produced and I actually see a, a airbag full of Jiffy Pop popcorn. <laughs> Hilarious. Was like, and, oh, my God, this is my dream come true. And yeah. then you have the, the Lamborghini of skate comedy, uh, Phil Hartman. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, there you go. Yeah. On the show, we've, we're just perpetually fascinated with SNL. Is it something that, that you're, you're happy to talk about? Or is it something at this point that it's like, eh, it's part of the deal? But, you know, because it's just it's there. There are people who have lived their entire lives in a world with SNL. You know, right. I mean, it's just. It's a comedy, you know, um, it's a traditional, like, you know, I, I'm the word, I'm an institution. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. guess, every, and everybody has their favorite years, so that everybody that watched it during the time that you were on feel a connection to you. Sure. And that's what I tell my kids when I'm on the street, that, like, when they see people reacting to me, it's always like, hey, you know, it's kind of, can be kind of big and happy. And I explain to my kids that, like, what I do is, even in small movies, I come in and, and do something really funny, even if it's in the small part. So when people see me, they know me for making them laugh and, and bringing them joy. So when they see me, they're excited to see me. Right. They're not angry. They're not like, you know, it's not like if I was Barack Obama or yeah. or, or even a dramatic actor where, you know, you, you see De Niro, you might <clears throat> say, you know, hey, Mr. De Niro, I love, you know, Taxi driver, but you don't yeah. go up to him and start doing taxi driver for him <laughs> right. you know? unless you want to get punched. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's a different reaction, and you know, just being on Saturday Night Saturday Night Live, I know people have a strong connection to the show. So uh, the the Dewey Cox uh, Walk Hard Dewey oh. Cox, we just love it. We play clips from it constantly. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, uh, that was a uh, Judd Apatow, right? Yep. Main main writer on that. What was yeah. that experience like? Because you had a. A whole cavalcade of of, um, of uh, great players in that. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I always say it was the most fun movie set that I've ever worked on, including Ladies Man. And who knew John C. Riley was? You know, had th those chops. It yeah. Was, it, it, well, mean, he knew. He knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's why he did right. it. Yeah, so, yeah. have you known Judd for a while then? Yeah, I knew. I back when I met Adam because yeah. they were friends back in college, I guess. So, um, yeah, Judd used to come by the show. Back okay. Then. Uh, speaking of Adam, uh, we our interns they usually put up uh, stat sheets when we have guests in, and uh, you know some of the stats are awesome, and then other ones are weird, like this. So I'm going to ask you about it. Okay. So their their work wasn't fruitless. All right. Uh, Lauren Michaels once gave you and Adam Sandler Knicks tickets, and the two of you were fascinated by Manute Bowl, a seven foot seven Sudanese center. Can yeah. you tell us about that? <laughs> That's a fact on the that, sheet. That is a that fact is on the true. sheet. That's wow. Funny. Were you fascinated with Manute Bowl? Yes. That? Okay. Well, yeah, we were at this game, and it was Manute. We were watching Manute Bowl, yeah. and he, we saw Manute Bowl talking to one of the other players on the bench, and he was just talking and talking, and then out of, you know, the coach went, hey, Manute, come on, I want you yeah. in the game, and then Manute stopped talking, and then he got up and went to the game, and Adam said, I wonder what he was talking about, like, to that guy, <laughs> uh -huh. and then Adam started going, uh, uh, 
as my new ball, he was going, uh, so when I make the chili, I put peppers, uh, uh, onions, and re- I let it cook. Wait, well, hold on. This guy is calling me. Okay, I got to go. I'll tell you more of the recipe in a minute. And then he gets up. And me and Adam did that bit to make each other laugh for probably five hours. That's Just, What do you think Manute Bold is saying right now? That's hilarious. Uh, I'm going, my car, listen. I got this rattle in my engine. I don't know. It sounds like a, maybe a bug or a small animal is in the hood of the... Hold on, this guy is calling me. Um, I'll tell you more about the card in a second. Was he playing for the Sixers at the time by any chance? He, it may have been. Okay. Yeah. I, I forgot, I forgot uh, who he's... Or did he play for Houston? But he was in New York, so it probably uh-huh. was. He yeah, was for the Bullets when they, were, when they were called the Bullets, and they played here for a little bit. And yeah. He killed a lion once, you know? <laughs> he did. That's, yeah. yeah, that's one of his true stories. And he also came up with the phrase, my bad. Did you know that? No. My no. bad. Yeah. No. Stop it. That's his. That's an urban. Somebody Wikipedia that. Yeah. Or check yeah. Snopes. He said, it, he said it on the basketball court. Like, he made a mistake, and he said, because he was, you know, he said, my bad. You know? was, it, was it on the basketball court or a bad batch of chili? <laughs> <laughs> He killed one too many lions. My bad. Uh, bad. I killed the whole pack of lions. Wow. Well, Um, the first thing you do when you Google my bad that comes up is my bad, Manute Bowles. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. so there's there's weight to this rumor. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. You learned another thing. (laughs) What's up, Sanguine? Sanguine. You learned about Manute Bowles. And you just did a movie with uh, Judd again, right? Did, did the, yes. uh, the movie with Amy Schumer and uh, and uh, Bridget Everett, who was in our studio this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. It, yeah, it's uh, Amy Schumer's movie. It's called Trainwreck. And, she's awesome. Uh, yeah, she's, she's really, really funny. She's really great. Nice. Um, and, it, yeah, it was really cool meeting her. I did the read-through for the movie um, out in Hollywood. And I did a bunch of parts, so their reward to me was to give me a small part in this movie. <laughs> so I was like, thanks, yeah, I'll fly all the way across the country for four days of sitting around. Sure. Well, that sounds sarcastic, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> a little bit. Don't little tell bit them. Does. I really had a good time. No. Well, if you want to see uh, Tim live, we have some comedy club. <laughs> Really looking forward to it. Wow. I just hate working. Don't come, guys. Yeah. If you can hear my voice, do not come to the- You have to go up anyway. No matter if there's one person yeah. in the crowd. I'm or- going to read the newspaper. Yeah. You walk in, you're on stage eating yeah. a panini. Yeah. I'm going to eat every food this Philly's famous for. Cheese steaks, you know, what Pretzels, else? Pretzels, hoagies. Yeah. Cream cheese. Yep, we'll get it all to you. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, yes, that's a reverse psychology. Yeah. They're gonna, it's going to be like an art performance piece, yeah, right. you know? I just eat Philly food. There you go. We pay $20 for this? <laughs> He's eating a sandwich. You should die of cancer. <laughs> Tim, great to see you again. Enjoy mm-hmm. your time in Philly, man. We appreciate Thank you, guys. It. Tim Meadows, guys. Yay! Take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Stay right there. MMR's Saturday Night Concert Series, an hour-long concert made up of the best live performances ever captured. MMR rocks. The Rolling Stones in concert Saturday night at 7. We're all jonesing for live music, and this should help. So hit the backyard, get the tailgate started, and crank up MMR night this summer at 7. It's MMR's Saturday Night Concert Series. Sponsored by Acme Markets, official supermarket of the Preston and Steve Show. This week, 
the Rolling Stones. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Casey was telling a story uh, this morning to me about something that he did. Was this yesterday? This is yesterday. Yeah. So we have this gigantic faux fur coat. Huge. Uh, and it was from the Triple X Vin Diesel uh, yes. movie. Xander Cage, the character, wears this style coat. Yeah, it's it's over the top. It's, you know, pimp to the extreme. Yeah. You, you basically look, if Daniel Boone was a pimp, yeah. that's what he would look like. <laughs> and, and I actually, I want this coat. I want one like this. It's yeah. so awesome. So what did you do with this yesterday? All right. So I had to, I, I coach, or at least I'm an assistant coach for my daughter's basketball team. So I have to pick them up because practice is right after school. So, yeah. you know, school ends at three o'clock. So I, um, so this, um, this story kind of has roots into, uh, something that happened last week where yes. I, I picked my daughter up from, um, play practice and I was talking to, uh, her classmates and one of her classmates plays guitar. So I was asking her about music and her other classmates name is Danny, right? So I had, Hey, have you ever heard the song Danny California? Blah, blah, blah. And, and then, you know, I came to realize at that moment that these girls and, and people, younger people don't really know about rock and roll music. How right? old are they? The median age? Uh, well, 10, 11 years That's, old. Yeah. 10, 11 years old, uh, but my kids are different. You know, their father works in radio. Right, and, right. And, so did you start telling them? So I, I well, so Danny starts watching uh, the music video for Danny California, which I had never seen before. Long story short, the, the video is, is Red Hot Chili Peppers on TV as bands through time. So it's them in the 50s on, like, the Ed Sullivan show, and then yeah. it gets to them in the 90s, and they're dressed as um, Nirvana doing Unplugged, and the girls had never heard of Nirvana. So I'm like, oh, you never heard of Nirvana, and blah, 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 and I'm talking to the girl who plays guitar, and my daughter unbeknownst to me, is now getting embarrassed by oh, me yeah. having this conversation with these girls. Mm. To me, the girls seem to be enjoying the conversation. They're not thinking, I don't think, negative thoughts about my daughter as a result of this conversation. And then... Uh, How annoying was Casey's dad? Oh, my... Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> they were all smiling. I don't know. But I came to the realization that, that you know, I've known these girls, uh, they're her whole class since kindergarten. I have never changed. I've always been the same. These girls have changed. And now <laughs> my daughter. Well, of course, they're <laughs> growing. Right. They're I getting know. older. It's so, like they're getting bigger. But but all of a sudden, my daughter is now embarrassed by her father. And that's that is the legendary phase that becomes the most painful for any right. dad, right? Yes. Well, not for Continue. me. Continue. So for what me. did you do? So armed with this knowledge that my daughter is now embarrassed by her father, I wore this coat to school yesterday <laughs> to pick her up from oh, school. Man. It's obnoxious. It's, it's obnoxious. obnoxious. Yes. And you can't not notice it. And there I am standing in the uh, in the school. By the way, was she was, horrified? It's 50 degrees yesterday. There's no need for that giant jacket. Yeah. But uh, you know what's so funny? So, you know, I have three kids. My fifth grader, mortified. My second grader and my fourth grader loved it. Loved it. Like, you know, so when Avery comes they out. They don't care as much about their social status as the well, fifth also, grader might, you know. Yeah, and, and the fourth grader is the boy. Yeah. yeah. I oh. think it's worse for the girls. You should have seen his face when he Who's came he out of the Oh, my God. He, he walks out of the, you know, I see him walk out of the door, you know, and he was by himself. And he, you know, walking down the steps and he sees me and his face just lights up. And he's like, <laughs> He's like, where did you get that? Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Casey says to me later on, because I have to pick them up from school today, too. They love to take the bus, right? So, uh, I, you know, picking them up from school only happens, happens once a week or whatever. She says to me, 
don't wear that coat when you pick me up from school of tomorrow. Of course I she said, did. Well, I think I have to wear this coat you when can, I pick him up Casey, from school. You, 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 you can't. You, you can't can, do that to no, her. You're going to no. set up a world of, of, of no. hurt. And uh, because you know how cruel kids can be. Now, she's popular, right? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, fifth grade, they, you know, yeah. they, they, I think the separation is starting now. Okay, we're yeah. the, the different groups It'll begin are next year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's when it really starts to take off. Well, but, you're starting but, to care, too. Like, yeah. So about- Casey tells this story, and then Kathy pipes up. Oh, yeah. The, about your dad. Oh, my God. So, and I want to hear stories if anybody's got to share of either their parents or you did this to your kids, these type of things. Yeah. Well, Casey's telling the story, and I'm, like, back in my childhood. My dad would do stuff like this all the time. Um, the two that stick in my mind the most was, one, I forgot my lunch. So my mom says, quick, run down to the bus stop and give it to her. So my dad comes running down, and, and my house was uh, mm-hmm. the first house on the street, and we were right at the corner was where, the, you know, the bus stop was. So I see him. I'm already on the bus. I see him running out he has his robe on what grade are you in uh i probably i want to say in middle school okay. you know maybe oh, i was like torturous. seventh eighth grade something like that oh, it's no. bad he come listen and the people on the bus referenced this for the rest of my high school career like everybody mm-hmm. still talks well, you know if i run into some people they will still mention this so he comes running down uh in his robe and right before he gets on the bus i see him and he's cracking himself up and he quickly messes his hair up and makes it like stick up all over the place oh, and he my God. gets on the bus and I'm sitting like, you know, towards the back of the bus. So he walks through the entire bus, hands me my lunch and says, have a great day. Gets back off. That was, that was one. And then the other one was, um, we were at a party and it was before cell phones. And whenever we would go to a party, I would always have to call and check in with my mom. Well, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't, she was, she was calling the house or I was supposed to call her at a certain time and I hadn't. Uh, so my dad and, uh, my friend's father, we were together, uh, at the party, they showed up and they had taken my little brother's um, like a sword and shield and helmet and came into the party wearing that to pick mm. us up. No. And how old are you at this time? That, I was a little bit older, probably like ninth grade, ninth, tenth grade, things oh. like all that. De- well, of course, as you found out, that's, that one bus experience haunted you all the days of your school. Oh, and the, par- every, the same thing, the party. Like, remember when your dad... Christopher's toys and came and picked you up at a party. (laughs) My dad wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It was just his way and he didn't give a rat's ass. Yeah. Uh, But uh, we were all waiting to go. There was a school field trip for some reason to go see a movie that had been out for decades. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, so we're going to see it. We're at the school and my dad comes up to give me something or money for popcorn. I'm there with my brother. We got out of the car and so we go walking over to the whole collective, and then he decides to come back to give me money. Now, my dad was um, was fond of, in the winters, continuing to wear shorts. <laughs> so he would wear shorts, construction boots, and an overcoat. So it would look as if he was wearing no pants whatsoever. And so he came walking up, and I'm like, oh, mother of God. <laughs> He looked. He looked. He he looked like he was attempting. Someone had asked him, "How does the how does a pervert dress?" Yeah, and he was trying to how show was, them. How was your dad? Was he was he funny with the kids, or was he you know just kind of like whatever with the kids? He was cool with the kids, but this is this this school had a crap load of kids going to it. Yeah, so I couldn't have gotten to everyone and say, "Oh, that's just his way." It's it's funny because uh, when I look back at my childhood, I you know. I I think I always enjoyed the parents that were like a little bit 
kooky. A kooky and out there and, and engaging to us. Did you right? ever but have they a weren't time? your parents. They weren't your parents. No. That's the all, all the kids all the kids in my neighborhood, my friends, love my parents. And obviously, I, I adore them. Right. But the uh, reason I say as that. As well. But there's just a moment like Kathy's. Right. Can, that can F your schooling up. Well, but the reason I say that is that I never held it against the kids. You know, like I think of Mr. Costello who, who lived down the street and man, he always had a joke and like, you know, and, and, and it was cool. When and then we were, they found that pit in his basement. No, it, it was cool when we were in grade school and then it was cool when we were in high school that, you know, that they weren't like parents, you know, the, yeah, I'm, you're, I'm you're, the authoritarian here and, and you're the, you know, subservient and listen to me and like, no, like. I respected that, I think, more. So I'm reading the text messages, and we're getting one or the other. We're either getting that this is awesome, it's hilarious, Casey, or sure. you're a douchebag, <laughs> you're making it all about you, stop it. Oh, stop it. What? You're no, just you know what, though, whatever you're, you were just talking about, what, how you explain that, that's not what your kids are thinking now. You know, no. at the, like, I think about it now, and it's hilarious, and I, I can laugh with my friends about that now, but at the time, in the moment, you're mortified yeah. and those that people... your dad would show up in that giant furry coat. Like, seriously, yeah. that is going to... Like, that's going to scar her. And when she's older, she'll laugh about it. But I, All right. So we've seen the video where the guy would wave in front of the, yeah, the yeah. house in a different costume every single day. Yes. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Let me go to let me go to Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Good morning. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, bud. So what's, uh, what's your story you want to share with us? Oh, man. So now I can look back on it and laugh. And, and to, to Casey's point and everything, I think you should do it because it's one of those things where, yeah, at the moment it's it's kind of annoying, but at the same time when you look back at it later, they'll love you for it. Um, so my dad did a couple of things. One of the things was when I was about in fifth grade and sixth grade, he went to the bus stop. He used to drive this uh, Chevrolet Malibu. So those were like the big station wagons. Yeah. Um, so he would drive around in those, and he would find me at my bus stop, roll down the window, and start singing to me at the bus stop <laughs> with the window down. Oh, no. That's awesome. So, uh, and it, it, it kept going. So at one point, I actually was like, oh, okay, I'll go to a different bus stop. He won't know I'm there. Yeah. I think one of the kids tipped him off. And he's like, oh, no, he went to this bus stop. And you just see the car rumbling down the road. Oh, and then he God. stops there, and he starts singing. One of them was Happy birthday, oh. and he would just go in this long, happy, happy birthday, baby, and then be like, ba 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 boom. Oh, my I'm God. Like, I'm kill myself at this. How, how old are you? Um, I'd probably say about 10. Oh. Uh, that is, that is. That's did you tell him to stop doing it? I, well, I did, and then it got worse. So, See, that's like a Casey. Um, like, you yeah. tell him no, and so he's going mm-hmm. to take oh, yeah, it up a notch. Jacob, wow. thank you, man. That's going to great lengths. I would I would never think to do this type of stuff to my kids, ever. Ever, ever, ever. No, you can't. I just think you're, you're always It's just me. I would never want to embarrass my kids. In fact, I want to shield my kids from, from embarrassment. From embarrassment, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with the way kids can be so cruel with each other. Exactly. Now, at a certain, like, you would, would you know, in high school... Mm-hmm. Okay, so when they're in high school, is this something you would do? Uh, well, I don't know. They're not in high school yet. <laughs> they're not, not there yet. yet. Like, you know, and, and you have to understand, I love my children more than anything that I've ever loved before. Yeah. All right? So, you know, I, I don't feel like I am doing them any, right. uh, you know, irreparable damage. You know, I'm trying to no, Casey, make them laugh. You see it as you fun. Know? 
you're and not. And it is. It's funny. And it is fun. And, you know, like I said, my dad did the same thing. So now I laugh about it. But in the moment, and uh, you, you know, though, when the time comes to select some sort of retirement home for them, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to figure into your decision. Does it? It's, the plumbing's not up to snuff. Fine. If right. your daughter came crying to you, you would. You would I would. Stop s- doing it. I would absolutely stop it. And, and for anybody that says it, that I'm, that it's all about me, and I'm no, it is not. Like it is all about my kids. It's their classmates. Like they get a kick out of it. it has nothing to do with I'm me. I'm the cool and, dad. And me and my ego. I'm well, the, I'm the, <laughs> hey guys. Hey, listen. I, I want I want uh, my children and and their friends to, to feel comfortable around me and, sure. and feel like I'm approachable. You know, press your your wife and I and and we were all having a conversation over hey, the weekend. Kids, my nose comes off. <laughs> hey, everybody, back to my house. No, but your your kids' friends. Love your wife, and they'll talk to her about things. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I don't want to be that guy that they feel like they need to run away yeah, okay. and, and that I can't be approachable. Like, it's, I think it, they say it takes a village, and you, that's how I feel. You communicate very well with kids. I have seen you do that. Uh, let me go to some other calls. I'm going to go to <laughs> Bill. Hey, Bill, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, man? All right, so I think I could set the bar pretty high here. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm about 30 now. I'm a younger brother. Um, my father passed away when I was 11, but I can still remember the horror stories my sister had to go through. So uh, he would just sporadically be like, all right, uh, go upstairs and check on your sister and that boy. So I would sneak up the stairs. I'd kick in the door, and like boys would like flop and roll, like, roll off the, like, the bed and like, freak out. You so know? He, would se- he would send you, <laughs> she'd be up there, and you were kind of the enforcer. Yes. Okay. I was like, I was like the little spy, you know, and you right. know they were up to no good. But so then, uh, specifically one time, I can remember uh, my sister was bringing down her boyfriend at the time, but now my brother-in-law. Um, you know, my dad's sitting there watching football in his underwear, and my brother-in-law and my sister come down, and he's like, "Come here, boy, let me smell that finger." No! Oh, no! Let me let me smell no! that finger. Wow. No. Wow. Oh. Now, you would have been creepy oh. if he had gone, yep, that's her. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, yes. I mean, though, so is, is that. He's a great father, but. You love him? Listen. really like to protect her. You know? well, how, how is she handling this, Bill? I mean, she was always horrified, but, like. She had, like, friends that would come to the house, like, a uh, really, like, pretty friend, tall, long hair. Yeah. And he would be like, oh, hey, what's up, Heifer? Like, just so, like, Heifer? He was, yeah, that's just being a Mental dick. cruelty. Yeah. 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 yeah big difference. Yeah, he Who here's having their period? Hey, hey I'm the cool dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Oh, the finger uh, story. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's horrifying. That's a bit much. Uh, let me go over to uh, Missy. Hi, Missy. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. So share with us your story. Okay. I um, My younger brother, who's 10 years younger than me, always used to complain that we showed up late to his Christmas, um, you know, play Party, and yeah. act like that. A play? A play. Yeah, in the crowd. So the one year we were really late for whatever reason, and you could see he was looking for us. So I stood on the chair on the back of the auditorium, started waving my arms and screaming at the top of my lungs, like, Derek, Derek, we're over here. <laughs> and he was one of the cool kids, so his face dropped, and it looked like he, like, just 
crapped his pants with embarrassment. I was like, never complain about us ever again, buddy. Now, were, were, you, were you, in fact, consistently late to his plays? We were. It wasn't my fault. It was my father. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, we were. All right. Yeah. Thanks, and Missy. I can't wait to do this kind of stuff to my son. Can't All right. Wait. Now, wow. there's, I know for the Casey's mindset and, and you know, and the, everyone loved my, my parents and they, they were very cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but a, a lot, I think you perceive it. It's also a way to build character. Yeah. There's a point at which you're, you're building character and there's a point at which you're sniffing a finger. <laughs> yeah. Not sniffing a finger. <laughs> now, like, like, so I, I coach my daughter's basketball team. Yeah. Right? I, I made it clear. I, I asked her, I said, do you want me to do this? Because I do care about that stuff and if she didn't want me to be a coach if she was embarrassed by that stuff i wouldn't have done it. i said do you want me to do this and she was absolutely all for it so she, you know there's a little bit of yeah yeah all right i have an anonymous caller oh, man. online hi you're on the air good morning uh good morning I am, uh, we i love have you. a story for you it's uh it's got a little bit of a it, it was horrible moment but it does have a, a happy ending i guess you could say okay. um, oh boy <laughs> and that's actually even the wrong wording to use, uh, but hang in there with me. So, so I was, uh, first of all, backstory, I was born like three months premature. That's cool. Listen, keep uh, this oh as short as you can. And of course, there were the Roaring Fifty. <laughs> yeah, we, we need, we need and, the, the super Cliff's Note version of this, okay? And, and then I read about <laughs> Buddy Holly's death. Yeah, sorry. So, I was born premature. Okay. So, you know, when I was a Cut little... Cut to last kid, Tuesday. I was playing with my friend, and, uh, you know, we went, we, we, I saw my dad, like, go to the bathroom outside, so we tried it. And uh, I looked over, you know, just kind of glanced, no big deal, and I, I noticed it was different. Like, his was different than mine. Okay, okay. So I said, to my, I said to my mom, hey, mom, you know, we were, I was a little kid, hey, mom, you know, so-and-so's is a little bit different. So, like, time goes by, like, weeks go by, and we're inside. And out of the blue, my mom calls us over to the couch. She sits down on the couch and makes us stand in front of her. She goes, pull your pants down. Oh my and she literally reaches out and checks us out. And She'd be she arrested smacks for that the top today. of her head. Huh? No, go ahead. She, she, like, smacks the top of her head and goes, oh, my God, I forgot to get you circumcised. So that is, like, completely... Unbelievably embarrassed. I'm like, well, yeah. Me, you know, I don't. So anyway, th I honestly don't believe that's the kind of you forget your keys, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, was, was that appointment today? Oh, you've got excessive foreskin. The circumcision, of course. That's what this string is for on my yeah. finger. I don't know. Back in the day, it was like incubation, and you know, I don't know. They just like I guess they forgot. Hey, they forgot. It did turn out to be a good story though, because like at seven, they did this procedure, and um, one thing I do remember, it started me on the path to being a little bit. Uh, you know, the nurse was uh, very beautiful, and uh, you know, I, I guess. So you've killed a few nurses. Oh, well, you know, whatever. Okay. I'm just saying. Uh, no, go ahead. Okay. It, it, uh, I, I realized there was something going on there when I was like seven years old. So. Okay. All right. This could I be a you. sequel to a Christmas story. Uh, thank you. Turned out to yeah, be a I good guess. story is debatable. Yeah. Uh, what's, yes. What's weird is And then my dad told me to drop my pants. That's, um, okay. She didn't need to look at your friend's wiener to find out that you weren't circumcised. Make, all right, make love to me. Oh, that's right. Okay. 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to course correct please. and go back to a little bit more of what well, we were talking about. I, I'd like to talk to uh, a priest, please. Yes. <laughs> I think I, I need to go to confession. It's ridiculous. Uh, I will go to Susan next. Hey, Susan, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Susan, what's up? My dad, who's now going to be 80, would always paint when he painted the house in his underwear. And he didn't care who was there. Friends would come and go. He'd be like, hey, Preston, how are you? So was he painting in his underwear just to be a goof? Or did he not want to get his clothes covered in paint? That's exactly it. He did not want to get his clothes dirty. So Was was he painting the wall or... Painting portraits yeah, and things. No, no, painting the walls. Okay, like he would redo a room. Had but he now, had he heard of overalls? <laughs> yes, he had. Okay. But here's our plan for his idiots. All my brother's buddies want to take pictures of themselves painting in their underwear to give him a calendar for he, his idiots. Honestly, birthday. that's wonderful. That's I love that. Yeah. That's wonderful. You would you watch? Does he is he aware of the Goldbergs? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's because that sounds exactly Thank like you. that. Yeah. yeah, the dad comes in, takes his pants off the second he steps in the door. His sec, his is well, maybe only one foot in the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his pants are start coming off. Uh, there was another one that, uh, oh, yeah, I love this. Let me go to Bill. Hey, Bill, good morning. Hey, guys, what's the word? Oh, hey. yeah, yeah. Everybody's All right, what's up, my man? All right, so, um, Two stories. One is an awesome story. My dad used to come in a – he used to deliver beer, mm-hmm. and he would pick me up from my elementary school in his beer truck if he was in the area. So not so embarrassing, but the good one is when my sisters were in their teen years, they were they both acted up quite a bit. So when they would get calls at the house, he'd be like, hold on, I think she's pinching a loaf. Let me uh, – let me stop. <laughs> God. It sounds like us, actually, when Kathy goes to the bathroom. Exactly. Yeah. But he's doing it to his yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, she's pinching a loaf. Oh, my God. All right, thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, man. Yep. I remember one time uh, I was still living at home, uh, and you called my house, Preston, mm-hmm. and you have a very deep voice. And so you said, is Kathy there? And my dad's response was, yes, hold on one second. <laughs> and I looked at him, I'm like, Dad, like, I'm trying to get a job with these people. Are you, that's how you're going to answer to him? And he was like, what? His voice was really deep. I just responded like I heard him. Oh, my God. Your dad is one of a kind, though. He sure is. I love how your dad... Your dad shows up whenever we do the uh, the cardboard classic, dressed as one of the cops in that aha video tape. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. when he goes skiing. Yeah, yeah you're right. Lest we forget, he kissed me on the lips one time. Yep. We were just yeah. at an event. He yep. came over. All right, we got to wrap this up sure. in a second. I have uh, Rhiannon on the line. Hey, Rhiannon. Good morning. Hi. Hey. What'd you want to tell us? All right. So um, about like ten years ago, there was a Geico commercial with um, a ma- like a lady that didn't pay her car insurance, so she lived like, walk to the kid's school with, like, an air horn. Yes. And um, proud parent of honor student. But my mom put proud parent of Rhiannon with an air horn and started walking up and down the sidewalk of the school, shouting, Woo! Rhiannon, over here! And what, was there any particular reason? Had had you achieved something or what? No! (laughs) Nope. Was she doing it to embarrass you or was she just so crazy proud of you? Well, well. But no, too embarrassing. Too embarrassing. Like she got the principal involved. Like she was walking not only along the buses as all my classmates were coming out, but like the parents getting picked up and everything. <laughs> Horrifying. Oh my Aww. god! I mean, that is an act that uh, that that even beats the uh, the the, the pimp uh, frontier coat. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh like it was. She 
I mean, she got out of her minivan, she parked it around the school, and she was blaring that air horn louder than any honking horn you could think of. That's crazy. Right, thanks, <laughs> I, I know we're, we're wrapping this up, Preston, but did you ever have any uh, of the situations where you had the, the career days, the parents come in for career days to talk to the class? Yeah, my, my parents never participated yeah, yeah. in well, it. I'm but doing I, that next week. Oh, you're going to do one? Yes. I've done them before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do the kids care? Do they care? Uh, it depends. If you're going to... Is it like City Slickers? If you're going to like a middle school or something like that, it can be kind of fun. But it, uh, Steve and I went to a detention center one <laughs> well, time. Right. right, yeah. They did yeah. not care. It was... Yeah. Uh, Nick, I'm going to try yeah. to... Yeah, they, it's fun. Okay, I yeah. want to try to have them uh, record something and listen. You know, listen to themselves through headphones, like to hear. You well, know, like, make well, it interactive. Is, yeah. But if it's it, uh, to do it for your kids' class, where the, your kid is oh, in the what? class. Oh, I, that's I did what I, that. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's, that's what, what I'm, I meant. Because that, yep. that's tangential to this. I did it for my son uh, Parker and Carter. Actually, I did them both at, at middle school. I came and did a career day, and they they thought it was cool. I didn't embarrass them or anything yeah. like that. So you know, were they you know worried? I got, no. Okay. No, they're, no they're, they were actually excited about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you kind of made, I think, they made it clear you're not that. I'm not that guy. You're not yeah. that guy. And I'm you know what, though? It's, right. it's, usually, it's usually just one parent. Like, for me, it was my dad. Yeah. Uh, for uh, Casey's family, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the dad, Diane. I don't see Diane doing that. No, 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 no. Yeah, you should do career day in that coat, Kath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. Listen, they're still little. They'd probably think it was funny. So what's next? What are you going to do next? Nothing. Nothing. I think she might even be mortified at this conversation. <laughs> oh, Casey, don't but be. It's okay. It yeah. All right. Well, anyway, it, it's the, the coat is hilarious. And, and uh, with Kathy's dad and Casey, I'm like, oh, I'm sure there's tons of people that have had this happen or like to do it. You know? And if kids are listening, love that your your parents are character. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We are going to break. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. Now. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. I love this story. A member of Missouri Parole Board resigned Monday over reports that he played word games at parole hearings. A report by the State Department of Corrections Inspector General says parole board member Don Ruzicka and another government employee held contests in which they attempted to mention silly, predetermined words or song names such as Hootenanny, Platypus, or Folsom Prison Blues during hearings with inmates to determine their parole so, eligibility. So they're playing a game with someone who's trying to get out of jail or yeah. get released. They're basically doing what we do with JJ at the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we try to get him to say a goofy word oh, during the telecast. So these guys are doing it. Oh, my it's actually pretty funny. I know somebody who has to do it, um, and it not has to, but it, it's a game that they yeah. play. Uh, it's a little bit of uh, a, a lighthearted situation, not as serious. Not a parole as hearing, is. right? Yeah, but right. it's still. I mean, a professional who wears a suit every day to mm -hmm. work and, and just does it to alleviate <laughs> the boredom. According to the report, the two scored points when they worked a word into the hearing. And one point was awarded if they mentioned the word or the song, and two points were earned if they actually got the inmate to repeat it. Rizika, who was a state representative in the Missouri legislature from 07 to 2012 and the unnamed employee, played the game on multiple occasions in multiple hearings throughout the summer of 2016. How did they how did they come to know this? How did people find out this was going on? Um, well, I'm not sure. In, in parole hearings, uh, one of them uh, in 2016, uh, one of the words of the day 
uh, as the report calls him, was Hoot Nanny. Hoot Nanny was first mentioned in a conversation about the inmate's criminal history. The unnamed employee managed to say the word three more times, causing Rizika to laugh out loud each time, the report says. At one point, the employee whispered to Rizika, I got four. In another hearing, an inmate told the panel that the first time she used heroin was at a rave, and uh, the employee said, I thought uh, they might have called it a hootenanny. A what, the inmate asked? A hootenanny, the employee said. A party. Both Ruzicka and the employee laughed. The next day, platypus, armadillo, and egg were all words of the day. Huh. When asking, a nanny seems to be the toughest one. When asking one inmate about his previous offenses, Rizika asked the inmate about items he had stolen from a garage, and he said, well, that's a pretty rare a- item, about like a platypus. How did you know that these items were there? On July 18th, Elvis Presley's Hound Dog and Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues were both song titles that Rizika and the employee tried to work into the hearings. So one has to think that while they're working hard to mention these things, Preston, that they're really not paying much attention to the actual proceedings. That's the bad part about this, yes. While describing a sexual offense, an inmate had been convicted of the unnamed employee said, your grandma would probably be like, he ain't nothing but a hound dog, you know it? (laughs) Uh, Toward the end of the hearing, the report said that an employee told the offender that he could be sent to the sexual violent predator unit in which uh, case he might as well learn Folsom Prison Blues. Uh, on September 22nd, Rizeka and the employee were removed from parole hearing schedules while the inspector general investigated. I guess they were just being way too obvious about it. And eventually they... Someone caught on. Somebody caught on or to it. Or one of them fessed up. Yeah, or one of them said something to yeah. a friend and word got out. But anyhow, they were busted for that. A Michigan woman is suing Delta Airlines for $10 million after... She says a man sexually assaulted her after being caught on a flight. Rhonda Costigan uh, was flying home to Metro Detroit from Myrtle Beach with a 15-year-old daughter following a cheerleading competition and holds the airline responsible for allowing the sexual deviant passenger to freely roam the plane after he was caught exposing himself earlier in the flight. Christopher Finkley, a long-haul trucker from South Carolina, sat down next to Costigan and began groping her thigh while stating he, quote, liked white women. Oh, man. Costigan's attorney said that it believed that he was intoxicated and that he was had been served alcohol on the flight. Finkley continued to rub Costigan's leg and put his hands up her shorts despite her repeated requests for him to stop. She said, I was trapped and unable to free him. With my daughter and friends in a row behind me, I was frozen in terror. Delta Airlines staff could have stopped this, but instead they chose not to. Now, the man stopped and returned to his assigned seat when it was announced that the plane was prepping to land. Uh, and then after returning to his seat, uh, he resumed rubbing his exposed area in front of her. Finkley was arrested and questioned after the flight landed and initially denied police saying that the zipper of his shorts may have come down. Yeah, just might have come down. The federal court filing says officers told Finkley there were witnesses. He altered his story saying that he likes to massage himself under his pants and called it his happy place. I was just massaging myself under my pants in the area I like to call my happy place. Yeah, so he's been busted. Uh, I'm surprised but, that nobody, I mean, the, the stewardesses, nobody. Yeah, but now they oh, want to, now this woman is suing the airline. Yeah. She said that they saw him expose himself and they should have done something it's about terrific. it. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. A Wyoming college student uh, who told officers that she was working on a term paper on kleptomania after she was caught shoplifting faces three felony charges. <laughs> 23-year-old Lydia Marie Cormany was arrested after trying to leave Walmart with nearly $1,900 worth of merchandise. So is that research? 
That's what she was saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, court records say investigators later found thousands of dollars worth of stolen items in her dorm room. It's for for my school. Cormani uh, told officers that she began shoplifting after being forced to move in a new dorm room away from her roommate who had many of the household items. My next paper is about meth. She said she was caught once when she tried to leave Walmart with three flat screen televisions. Yeah. So she's shoplifting kind of bigger items. Uh, it's while okay. It's for a term paper. A preliminary hearing is set for Wednesday. And there you go. Stories from the bizarre file for you at this point in time, my friend. We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back. Monday nights just got a lot louder. Join MMR's Jackie Bam Bam for massive amounts of Metallica every Monday night starting at 9. From the monster hits to deeper album cuts spanning a Hall of Fame career, we're covering all the bases from one of rock's biggest bands. Check out WMMR.com for more from Metallica. Rock news, videos, and interviews with MMR DJs. So true, Jackson. The new and improved Metallica Mondays. 9 p.m. with Jackie Bam Bam. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. It's brought to us by Dietz and Watson. Your local Dietz and Watson real Philly delis are open for takeout. Taste four generations of family recipes made with love and show your support for local business. RealPhillyDeli.com, Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. So what's going on, Steve? Well, WWE star John Cena appearing on the Today Show to talk about his surprise proposal to girlfriend Nikki at WrestleMania 33. Cena says Nikki is the only woman who's been able to accept the lead condom he must wear to keep from blowing her uterus out. Hey! A wild story suggesting, get this, that Harry Hamlin was caught trimming his pubic hair in an airplane bathroom. A guffawing Hamlin described the story as 100% ridiculous, noting that he was actually dying his pubic hair. (laughs) And finally, Harrison Ford will not be disciplined by the FAA for accidentally landing his plane on a taxiway instead of runway. Ford says he was distracted by radio chatter from a passenger jet below him, indicating they had just discovered a man dying his pubic hair. (laughs) 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 I had no idea those stories were tied together. They were tied together. Okay. Real quick, I need to mention uh, our friends from uh, Deeds and Watson are here this morning, and Casey uh, on his Real Philly Deli tour. We have a giant pile of sandwiches here. We we wanted to make sure that our next guest was well taken care of, so we loaded up on the food today. And he's got a couple of establishments that are in the area. And, of course, it's the uh, Guy Fieri's Philly Kitchen and Bar at Harris in Philly. And Guy's Sandwich Joint at Harris Resort in Atlantic City. We haven't seen him in a while. We're excited that he's here. Ladies and gentlemen, Guy Fieri! What is up? Man, I'll tell you, this has been uh, a long time coming. I think, uh, what's it been, four years? It's been a gotta while. It's got to be at been least four We were supposed to, this was supposed to be a call-in today, and I got the I got the, the uh, pest piece, and I said, I'm not calling in. Yes. I said, let's just get up early, change some schedules. You guys have just continued to kick ass and take names. Well, and I could say the same about you, man. Look at you. I mean, restaurants all over the place. Yeah, a couple projects. That's a couple, cool, a couple projects. So what, just in California alone, do you co-own, like, 
three, three or four restaurants? So I had eight in California that I sold. Actually, okay. uh, that's what I started with and uh, had a good business partner. And he wanted to do his thing and he wanted to take it his direction. And we, we've we just been all over. I and mean, we opened two in Mexico this year. We wow. opened South Africa. We're opening uh, Dubai. How do you do that? Because I have a, a good friend of mine who owns three restaurants in the area. Right. And, and he's hands-on and he's at every single place. How are you able to run a restaurant on all different continents. It's called a really good team. Yeah. No, it's, it really is. I mean, my executive chef's sitting out there right now, and, and Reed Strathen, who's my, he kind of runs the show. And uh, it's just a lot of really good people and good partnerships. This uh, Caesars Harris group that I. They're great. Have, oh, come They're on. They're great. I yeah. mean, we get. So we started out in Vegas with them, did a huge one on the strip in Vegas, which anytime, by the way, by the way, we're going to talk about invites that I've given and invites I that know, haven't been taken. I know. No, you're, be, right. you're right. You're right. <laughs> But we did a big one in Vegas, huge one, and then a couple side projects for them down in Laughlin and so forth, and then got to do AC, and I love AC. And as the ball continues to roll, they say, listen, you're a Philly fan, right? I said, oh, I love, I mean, and that's its own world yeah, of food. Yeah. And they said, we got a gig for you in Philly, and I'm like, come on. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. It's well, you really know, nice. you, you went to, uh, your your initial schooling was for, uh, like, hotel management and stuff like that. Yeah, hospitality, just so, uh, got a business degree. You, so you, that you was had the deal. That. Yeah. But what a godsend especially considering the way the business has grown yeah you know you have to be in today's world i mean there's chefs are i mean it's the most difficult job besides probably getting up in the morning and doing <laughs> and doing this zoo um it's really difficult but you have to have a good business mind i teach young chefs all the time it's not about all the business that comes through the door it's all the business that goes out the back door yeah yeah and so my son hunter is uh, actually uh well he just finished his sophomore year at unlv where i went to school Wow. And uh, he interns with Caesars, so we, you know, we kind of keep it all in the family. But now you got to be smart in the biz, just like you guys are. I mean, you're monetizing things all the time. That's really how it works. It's all showbiz, though. Yeah, we don't see any of the money. <laughs> this is a really loaded question, but how important is trust for you? Because, you know, Casey alluding to the fact that you got people everywhere on different continents and certainly all over the state of California and elsewhere in the country. Like, you, you must... Is it difficult for you to trust new business partners? Is it difficult for you to trust new um, opportunities? Well, it's just like you guys do. I just get a lot of blackmail on them and just be able to you know, <laughs> yeah. really, really hold yeah. it. No. no. You know no, what it is? You can extort them. <laughs> if you have a good picture of just one night out, you know what it is? It's it's really having great trust. It's having a great infrastructure, a great training program. You know, we spend a lot of time. My guys are on the road all the time. And uh, just working with the teams. And that's one of the reasons I've just opened. We just opened here in uh, Harrah's in Philly. And I went there to meet the whole team. And I told everybody, I said, I know you guys think I'm here for a promotion for the for the casino and so forth. I said, I'm really here to meet the team because the team is the one that does the deal. They're the one that take care of the guests. They're the ones that make the food. And so I spent a bunch of time just taking pictures with the team saying, thanks for holding the ball. Thanks for taking care of business. They do the work. I mean, they're like, there's they're work the ones. involved. Yeah. You know? what, what's, what's, what's the one key secret to... Uh, to the, what's the, the main element to the restaurant besides the food that most places get wrong? I, I really think it's having the connection uh, with the service team yeah. and the guest. Right. Because you think about this, money's tough to come by. There's a ton of places to eat, especially here in the greater Philly area. I mean, you got so many great restaurants. And, uh, and, and people start to miss that. And I always ask my team, treat them like it's your mom coming in. Yeah. It is the absolute truth because great service will bring me back to a place. Um, great mm-hmm. food as well. But if there's bad service along with great food, I will bail on it. I, You know, because I, I don't – it just doesn't work for me. I need I, – I, you know, you're paying for this not only for the food, but you're paying for the experience. You don't want to add you to it, too, when you're going yeah. – it's a whole, and honestly, that – that's that's it. And also a perception of, whether it be authentic or not, it's better if it's authentic, 
that um, your your business is is appreciated, and there's sort of a friendship. You know, when a, when a manager or when it, when somebody comes out and besides the uh, the wait staff and says, "How's everything going?" that that little bit means a lot. Well, we not. we say don't, they're not customers. Customers buy mufflers. <laughs> guests <laughs> guests come to your house and eat. Guests okay. sit down and you treat them that way. There but you know, go. we had this, such a great interaction with our team there at uh, at Harrah's. And it's called Guys Philly, yeah. and it's you'll you'll walk and you see the decoration on the wall. There's a whole big uh, soffit around the bar, and it's all the sports heroes of the Philly area. It's so awesome. And I mean, I know the other restaurants that I have are gonna be like, "Hey, where's our sports heroes?" Like, <laughs> but you guys are such a sport, you know, such a sports town. And uh, but the team really takes care of the guests and really invests in their experience. That's means everything. All right, we're talking about trust a little bit, and I think uh, there are millions of people in the uh, in the country that trust you. And and I mean, Triple D is just plugging away, right? <laughs> I, and, and, and and I constantly. have I have done, and I'm one of millions of people that have done this when I'm traveling to a city. I look up Triple D in that city, and we're in, and most recently we were in Los Angeles, and we went to the Nickel Diner. Uh, uh, great place, isn't it? Well, see the picture of my head. They, they made a cake of my head, or something. Yeah. <laughs> what was funny is, you know, it, it wasn't like the best neighborhood, but it was the best huevos rancheros that I ever had in my life. <laughs> nice enunciation. Yeah. Huevos. huevos, huevos rancheros. But it was amazing, and we went there, and we were headed to the airport, and we detoured just to go to this place. And 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 I've done that on multiple occasions in multiple cities, and I'm sure people do that all the time. But they have to trust. That you're you're steering them in the right direction. Well, it's the number one question people say is, "Do you really like everything on the show?" Because we didn't, we never see you talk bad about a place or or, or uh, spit the food out. And I say, if I don't like it, you won't see it. I mean, yeah. that's really the truth. I don't. I, I have no reason. Well, else I have you guys counting on me. You know, I don't. Yeah. But I've had people walk in before and say, "Hey, listen, I went to this place. I had a lady rip me one time. Yeah. I was doing this big demo of twenty five hundred people, and she gets on the and I put a mic out there. People want to ask questions while I'm cooking, <laughs> and she says, "I went to this place and and I had this burger and it was terrible, and you." I go, ma'am, ma'am, I apologize. I don't think I said anything about the burger. And she said, no, you said something about the blueberry waffles. They were fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not guaranteeing everything. Oh, yeah. So it's so funny because I know on the top of my mind, there are two places that I need to go to. There's an Italian restaurant that has an amazing lobster ravioli in Boston. And then there's oh, another. Oh, you're talking about Reno's. Mm-hmm. I have you, to go there. Okay, now, the deal is don't try to go there unless you call me. Oh, really? Or just go two weeks early and wait in line. Oh, really? Oh, it's ridiculous. I'm going to Boston for uh, an event uh, that we have every year called Best Buddies, working with intellectually disabled adults. It's an awesome program. And uh, it, Reno is one of the guys that comes and helps me. We do this big food and wine festival. It's happening actually tomorrow night. And he's, uh, and, and the place is so great, but it's so tiny. Yeah, this this studio is about twice the size of the restaurant. Oh wow! wow. I wonder, wow. Look, you guys got pictures. How, your media team, by the way, there's like 50 people yeah. that are jamming keyboards over here. Every topic you've come up with today, I was standing there watching it. Right. Can, can I get them? Yeah, yeah sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, Rent yeah. them out on weekends. We yeah. trust them. I'll so tell you good. what. When you whenever the the episode uh, airs about the uh, the Memphis Tap Room, which you did locally, and, and we're on. We get bombarded with tweets and people who see it. Yeah. Uh, it was a great place. But, I mean, I have to imagine just the residual benefit of business that these places get off the constant airing of those episodes has got to be astronomical. You know, it, it, and, and amen to them. They deserve yeah. it. You know, yeah. that's the, the thread. It's, you know, it's like our buddy sitting here from Donkey's Place and, mm-hmm. and all, the, all the little delis that, you know, that they're getting the support. 
it's that's the fabric of the restaurant business. And there's a lot of big chains out there and there's a lot of and, and, and we're just lucky to have it. We're lucky to have the business going on the way it goes. But I think it's these mom and pop joints who really deserve the love and really deserve the support. You guys are great. I mean, you're always championing the, the underdog and, and helping folks out. And I love the piece you're doing on the deli. You know, when we were, you guys are commercial and we saw this whole deli run you're doing. Yeah. Bro, it's awesome. I mean, well, it's just me being you, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the big difference Put on is, some more weight and get yeah. some bleached hair. <laughs> but the big difference is I can't actually cook food, but I can eat it. Yeah. I'm pretty good at eating it. Good hobby. Yeah. By know? the way, I got somebody who wants to admit something. They texted in and said, I stole a few ramekins from Guy's AC restaurants. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Bring him over to Philly uh, in about an hour and I'll sign him. <laughs> nice. I still have my uh, my battle station, man. I got all the knives. Uh, you, you have a great line of uh, of uh, cutlery. Is that still? Yeah, still, still yeah. doing that. You know, things change. Them. It's, you know, the pot and pan business was so big in the, uh, you know, 10 years ago, eight, five, uh, maybe five years ago. And that kind of changes. And so it's. It's all different things. Now apps are the big deal. And there's just a, but I, I stick to what I know the best, and the restaurant business is uh, is what we're doing really well with. And it's uh, and I want you listen. I'm really mean this. All right, all right okay. here we go. Everybody on the team, including the hackers in the back that are just keeping everything alive over there, makes it all interesting. Come down to the restaurant. Let me, or when you go to AC, I got three gigs down in AC. I got one called the Sandwich Joint. Yep. So you know we share some good company here. Um, I've got another one called uh, Guys Barbecue Joint. I joint just sounds like when you're from California, you put that on the end of things. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I've got uh, the Chop House, which is a really nice steakhouse. And then we've got our, our new gig here in Philly. Um, but anytime, and I mean this, or if you have a listener that needs a hand, or you got somebody that's you know down on the luck, or you want to celebrate, let me know. I'm in, I'm always into that stuff. Excellent. Let man. me let me ask you something for. Please. Restaurant stand up, uh, from your standpoint of having all these restaurants, how critical is getting the right name, picking the right name? Because you, you have just a couple of words to sort of quickly indicate what it's about. And that yeah. can mean every. I assume that means everything. It, it really does. And <laughs> But you also can get lost in it. Like, yeah. I think I'm funny. You overthink you know, it. Like, yeah, you yeah. overthink it. And then you start putting all these add ons and so forth. But <laughs> you keep a real good collective of people. I mean, I think that's yeah. been one of my pieces. I'm not, I don't have to have it all guys' way. Okay. I really have a good collective of people. And like you guys do. I mean, that's yeah. one, I think part of the, part of the success is when you bring a lot of different energy into the room and you keep a lot of different water flowing through the pond and any, every other analogy, I think that that makes a difference. And I have, we argue about it. I mean, we get stuck on how it's going to be, and then yeah. all of a sudden we take a right turn or left turn, whatever yeah. it is. So. Yeah. We had tweeted out that you were going to be on the, the show today, and uh, our buddy Robert Irvine fired right back. He's oh, like, oh, he's man. the best, isn't yeah. he? he he's, he's a big fan of yours. <laughs> so we're getting, oh, listen, the dude's my brother. I also got to give a shout out to my cousin Brian and Roseanne. That I, I feel bad. Roseanne texts me and goes, by the way, I'm listening to you on the radio right now. And I go, hey, where are you guys close? And she goes, yeah, we're, we live in the suburbs of it. I'm like, oh, man, what a terrible. <laughs> Cousin. You're visiting us before that. Oh, it's yeah. really serious. Ser- but uh, Irvine and I are getting ready. I'm taking my family. So I get done this weekend. I'm all over. I'm going to Foxwoods right after this. I yeah. go to the restaurant, go to Philly, go to the restaurant, take a helicopter to Foxwoods, doing a premiere at Foxwoods, Foxwoods for my Best Buddies program. Then flying down to Best Buddies in Boston and doing that with Brady. Tom is the one that started this with wow. the Best Buddies group. And so he does a celebrity football game. Yeah. I do dinner there, boom, go out to Cape Cod, cook a dinner there, boom, jump on a plane, fly back, take my kids to the to the game, boom. Two days later, we're gonna jump in an RV and drive back to the west back to the East Coast. You're wow. you're driving back. I'm driving What is that about? <laughs> yeah, it's called I am really didn't think this one. <laughs> with Irvine? You're, you're doing it with no, Irvine? No, he's a he's okay, God, okay. I can't even believe I unleashed this. <laughs> um can I mention to everybody, by the way, that you have an amenity package right here by the guest microphone? Preston's idea. 
there's, yeah. there's cough mints and stir sticks and sanitizer <laughs> and gum. There's a pack of rubbers. That's, there's <laughs> a pack of rubbers? Fireball cigars and some... Yeah, this is really nice. It's interesting. And a book. Um, <laughs> In case you want to read. And a calendar that I got caught... Someone took a picture of me looking at the calendar. Um, so here's what happened. So I got it the great idea. My family said... Um, my <laughs> Marissa just put brought a in a condom. I thought they were already in there. <laughs> so my dad, my parents drove me across country when I was a kid, maybe 10. And we drove in a pickup truck with a camper over the top, and it was awesome. And yeah. it was going in through the heat and yeah. this whole thing. So I came up with a great idea. Hunter's a sophomore in college. Ryder's going to be in sixth grade. I said, before my kids get too old, I want to take them on this trip. Mm-hmm. So I bought this big RV, ridiculous size RV, which I didn't know I had to have a truck driver's license. So I had to get my truck driver's license. <laughs> I have a full CDL. I Are you where, kidding? No, what? like I taught myself, rented yeah. a truck, drove in a park. It's stupid. Uh, so anyhow, <laughs> so I happened to tell Food Network I was getting ready to do this. And they said, awesome, we'd love to do it. Because I did that trip with Hunter across or through yeah. Europe. Yeah. They said, we'd love to see the Fiettis going. I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know. This is going to be smart. So here we are. We're loading up uh, next Wednesday and taking off from California, driving through California, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, down into Texas, across Texas, into Louisiana. Uh, all the way through, blah, 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 and then ending up in Miami. So this is all going to be uh, 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 recorded for, for, for air? I don't know, for, uh, for prosecution. <laughs> so what, what, what kind of rig do you have? It's a 46-foot Freightliner truck called a Renegade. So it's they build a motorhome on top of a, a tractor-trailer truck. Oh, my God. So air brakes and the whole giddy-up. You had to get an air brakes license, too. I had, no, I had to get the whole thing. I mean, I got the whole full truck driver's license. So you, I'm a truck driver. I had to go to, to the DMV and take truck driver, you know, the, the, the course. My dad was, was a just, truck driver. I know all bro, of this stuff. so yeah. tough. Yeah, I, I, I went in one time for a license renewal, and they thought I was coming in for the... And I'm like, why do I need to know? know this <laughs> that truck driver yeah. test so I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to get hunter to get his permit right now as we're talking <laughs> and then try to get it so he can help me drive but otherwise i'm going to be stuck hauling this thing Jesus. all the way across the country i drove across the country with one of my uh, good friends a guy named Stu, and he um had two great suggestions one was avoid the interstate highways as much as possible so we we picked up route 66 and took a lot of that and two which you will appreciate guy was um no chain restaurants so we would find uh local restaurants in every town and ev- for every meal and it really made the trip much more memorable. So you want to hear how else dumb I am? I'm also <laughs> going to shoot Triple D on the way. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's what my wife said. That's that's exactly what she said. She goes, and that's really good. And I said, well, when we stop, because I'm a little bit of a workaholic. I mean, I yeah. like to work. So. No, no, no kidding. So I yeah. yeah. So I said, well, when we stop for like a two day thing in San Antonio, like to just hang out and go, you know, then I'm just going to go pop off and you know do a triple D with a yeah. couple of my guys, you know. And she's it just shakes her head, but it's going to be an, a great adventure, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. And we're going to have cameras in the vehicle and the and the whole gig. You've been uh, to Salt Lake yet in Texas? Uh, no, I've been to Salt Lake, but okay. not on triple D. Okay. Hey, on Triple D, when you when you uh, cut an episode, is that just a couple hours? I mean, or do you guys spend the whole day at the restaurant or? It is like watching paint dry on a fence. Yeah, it's no, it's really awesome. My, I have the best team. I have, these guys I've been working with. I'm with a company called Citizen Pictures, and we've been together for years now. And what they, season of a Triple D is it? Now? Uh, like the four hundredth. <laughs> <laughs> the Waltons are on right yeah. before when we go on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's in black and white. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But you got to see it. I love seeing Triple D in other countries yeah. and hearing the person that does the pronunciation or the enunciation in the in the languages. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah, it's really creepy. They dump your voice. It's, oh, it's Korean. And the laugh, ha, 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 ha. You know, that kind of stuff goes on, man. It's a, but uh, so we've done Triple D. 
We're over a thousand locations. I think eleven hundred locations. God. Over three hundred fifty shows. Um, yeah, I'll be doing it in a walker. Wow. Do you yeah. know though, though, with that and and, and that the, the, attra- the attraction of that show is that I think you were one of the first to really just go ahead and say it's okay to like stuff like this. It's okay to yeah. say this is a this is a wailing waffle or whatever you know. Yeah, exactly. and, and that's part of the deal. You you didn't. There was that that hoity toity nose up sort of sensibility was extracted, and you just like it. You don't have to explain why, and that's why I think so many people connect to yeah, it. Yeah, what you, what you see is what you get. I'm yeah. not trying to be somebody I'm not, and I just I make the food. That's like my restaurants, you know, like we're doing in Philly. People said, "How do you come up with the menu?" Like I made this, by the way. This is my new invention. What is it? This is um, the Philly burger. So right. what it is is I'm really strict about how my burgers are made. Okay. They have to be done really hot, griddle, really get a crust on the burger, got to be pressed flat, only seasoned with salt. Blah, blah. Bun's got to be cooked. It's got to be garlic butter on the bun, toasted both sides. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I got this real, okay, real expectation. <laughs> well, hand it over. But the same thing goes with Philly cheesesteak. I mean, you come to Philly, don't screw with it. Just do it right. Really yeah. good meat, really good cheese, do it right. So I said, well, why can't I have best of both worlds? So for my team here, just and we're only doing Philly, I made the Philly burger where I put cheesesteak on top of a really good burger <laughs> oh and put it together. God. And oh people yesterday God. are like, look. Looking at me like, dude, you're out of your. Oh, there you go. It's, I, I don't think it's the warmest right now. That's but... all right. That's right. Casey, you and I want to. Uh... Oh man, I can't. I just started a diet today. All right, let me try. Get it. in there, Casey. Oh. No, I, I, I'm, I'm in a weight loss challenge. I'm. This is there's a thousand dollars on the line. Here. Well, then this is definitely not what you want to buy into. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god, look at this. That's insane. Where can I get that in July? <laughs> <laughs> We're having a bikini special over in Guys Philly. <laughs> Casey, can it start tomorrow? Is there no, another one over there? Literally can you pass that down. Oh my god, I'm not gonna let. I'm not okay. going to let him because he's, he's. By he's the way, him. can I, I? This is totally off the thing. Can we get Kathy making the traffic news rap? Holy the fa- as fast as she says it, <laughs> oh, I yeah. sat here and watched her. It's the traffic news rap. Can you have all the keyboard slam? Can you have that team in the back? I know those guys can. They're already making it right now, as I said this. <laughs> but it's such a. <laughs> there's literally a cowboy still on the sandwich. <laughs> it's it's all there. It's all there. So one of the keys is, and it's funny because I meet our boy right. from Donkey Place here. We have a sauce called Donkey Sauce. And when I first started my burger concepts, we have them on Carnival Cruise Lines all over the world. And uh, so when I started making these burgers and putting them on the cruise line, they said, I said, well, they, you know, they got to have to make them the way I make them. Hang on a second. Preston, let me smell your breath. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you just gained half a pound with that. Somebody texted in, guy, and said that the burger that they had uh, on the Carnival Cruise Line was the best burger they've ever had in their life. It's pretty out of bounds, bro. Mm. It's not. And, and I made it and they give them away. So now what happens is people show up, drop their luggage and run to get in line really? at the at the burger joints. And uh, yeah, Holy it's been a great. Crap. Yeah, it's been a good thing. Yeah. So we make it. We make donkey sauce. And so what, what what's on this now? <laughs> this what's, is... what's the sauce on this Philly burger? So you got so you got the toasted bun with the garlic bread. I can you, taste uh, the garlic. The brioche. Yep. Then you got just a little bit of pickle and onion. Just got to have a little bit of that acid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Then you cook that patty real hot, about five fifty. And then um, the donkey sauce, which is kind of like a really nice fortified mayo. So you got mayo and okay. mustard and Worcestershire and garlic and black oh. pepper. Oh, you know all the right things. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, so, I just like so that you get. I, yeah, so I've been eating for four or five bites, and I have yet to get to the bun yet. So that's how, that's how much extends <laughs> out over. Mm. So Irvine and I think we were talking about him. That's how we got on that mm. road trip. Uh, we're going to go cook for the military down in uh, down in Texas. You know, he's such a big fan of the military and helps out so much. And the guy gives. You want to talk about workaholic? That guy is a donationaholic. I mean, he gives he's all awesome. the time. Yeah, yeah. So. and and, and ne- never stops. But I'm sorry. So. <laughs> Do you ever take a vacation, or is life your vacation? 
Life's my vacation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as you're doing what you really love and you're around the people you dig, it's like coming to see you guys. I mean, I've been waiting for this. I said one day, remember that long time yeah, ago? Yeah. I said, I'm going to come back to Philly one day and get a chance to do a restaurant. And and this is, you know, I, I think that as I was telling some some of the media yesterday, you guys got to really appreciate what you have here. Philly is its own unique environment. Things that work in Philly don't always work outside of Philly, and mm-hmm. things that are outside of Philly don't always work in Philly. But it's such a great place. We love shooting Triple D here, and you got so much personality and so much... You Agreed. guys care about one another so yeah. much. You love your teams. Even when their teams aren't doing good, you love and It's just a, it's a really neat place to come to. Well, I have some people that are <clears throat> that are coming in town uh, this summer, and, and you know, a guy that I haven't talked to in like 20-some-odd years uh, texted me. He's like, hey, I'm coming through suggestions about where to go, where to, where to eat. And that part is easy. There's so much here. There's a lot. It is a cornucopia of great food in this city. And I love being able to suggest that to people when they're coming in. But it used to summarily be dismissed. And even you have world-caliber chefs now, and it's a whole other animal. And I think now the respect is solidly there. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, and, and then you've got this great, uh, you know, this great support of AC. You yeah. know, that's so quick and easy. And then yeah. you got, uh, it's just you just got a lot going on. You know, yeah. and I love going, we were just having to talk about 76ers and all the great teams. And, I mean, yeah. I was telling the, some of the folks yesterday about being a Mike Schmidt fan, you know, back in the days of Philly. <laughs> Even on the West Coast, you know, yeah. that all that influence made it made it its way all the way over there. So. It's like for the finals? Oh, I'm flying back Sunday to take my kids that's all my little guy Ryder has been working through school for. We, I heard the whole thing about the school and like, how do you do? Ryder's he wants to write the paper about hating to write papers, right? Yeah. <laughs> and but we have this whole commitment. You commit to doing and working and being as the best you can, and good things will come in life. Hey, what's and that so, like to go to finals? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Except when they lose, because we were at Game Seven last year, and yeah. when they lost, and so we're in Oakland. It's just Ryder and yeah, myself, yeah. and we're there, and I'm holding him, and he's not a big crowd, but he was pretty upset. And so as we're taking pictures, people are tapping, going, "Hey, can we get a picture?" Yeah, can yeah. A, and yeah. I, you know, that's kind of a rough moment. But you know what? Listen, it, this, if you're gonna love your team, you got to be willing to have the good days and the bad days. Yeah, we should have you guys come out. Maybe do a little. Uh, listen, we, you we, invited we, us out. I invited you. Listen, I'm matter of fact, I'm actually rescinding all invites. <laughs> It's our boss we have to convince. I just met there, him. The guy, he's more gangster than me. He comes in. He's got way better hair. Okay? He's got muscle under the jacket. The guy's a full gangster. And I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Miami. I said, that accent is not Miami. That's funny. So I caught him in North Carolina. So I'll find out the rest of the story on it, and then we'll get some you know, info on him. It, nice. it, honestly, we think at this point in time, we've been, you know, we, we've been on for many years here. We have sort of a legacy. We thought it's time to do a travel Go somewhere, but it's a tough sell. I got to tell you, where do you want to go? Well, you know, Let's have you, you guys res- come to Vegas? You presented all your your invites. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about I'm, new, new invites coming. Out. New invites, new invites coming. Out. Let's go to this res- this resort that you guys were talking about in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> yeah, <that's- laughs> no, listen, yeah. Vegas. We've been wanting to do that for a while. We got a place Vegas. to go. Now. I, guys listen, I've us. got the Vegas boss right here that does all the media for Caesars. She's all the new right. VP. Here we go. So yeah. Celine can help work that out. But you know what would be so much fun is to put you right on the patio in Vegas on the Strip. I have a place called Guys Vegas. Don't ask how I came up with the name. <laughs> <laughs> Creative genius is what yeah. they say. <laughs> but we have a patio there right on the Strip uh, in front of the Link. And the Link is the hottest thing going on. It's where they got the big gigantic Ferris wheel and all yep. these yeah, crazy restaurants. Yeah. You guys come down, and I guarantee you anybody that goes to jail on your team will get a bail money. <laughs> oh, yes. That's it. I'm the giver. I'm the giver. Oh. <laughs> Oh, we're we're looking no. at, a, at a picture here. Is this where you're talking about here? Is this it in Vegas right here, guy? Yeah, that's in Vegas, and that's wow. exactly what it looks like all the time. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. All it's, right. It's, it's, the wheels are turning.
We'll get this underway. All right, so Guy, by the way, just to bring you up to speed, uh, he's got uh, Guy's Philly Kitchen and Bar at Harrah's now. And uh, if you head to AC, which loads of us do this time of year, Guy's Sandwich Joint at Harrah's Resort in Atlantic City and then all the other great places that you're involved with. Uh, we're so glad that you stopped by in person today, man. It's man, really, really good to see you. I couldn't have the phone in. I said, please move the schedule. Unfortunately, the team did. You guys, you know what? It's just it's such a great breath of fresh air to walk in here and just see that you have, haven't changed. Good, man. You guys. <laughs> Except the creepy office. Yeah, that we yeah, have to that. talk about. Yeah. But you let you saw my stuff in there? Yeah. Whoa, bro. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. I mean, that's like full collector <laughs> yeah, hoarder type. It's, it's a little hoarder. Yeah. yeah. Hoarder. By the way, some of that used to be Kathy's desk. Yeah. No, I used to have a desk in People there. People look like they've lost real estate completely oh my in God. there. It just it slowly moves down the line. And now at this point, I just kind of like sit in this little tiny area that he left me. Well, I have great news, Kathy. Just what? got confirmation on another one coming in the mail. Oh, boy. He lets me know when he gets the confirmations from Amazon. All right. Let's hear it for our buddy Guy Fieri. Guys. Thanks, guys. Great Thank you much. We'll take a break. Come back in a minute. Make sure you stay with us. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR.